In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The government again putting a band-aid on it. Similar to the housing crisis, the roads are a disgrace. You have three beautiful sons. He said, go and treat them to something. I thought, how kind of the stranger. We want a resolution because adults got around the table and realised what needed to happen. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P.J. Hello, happy Monday. Five shows left to Christmas. Where have all the taxis gone? If we've had one message over the weekend about that, we've had a dozen. Where are all the taxis gone? Half one in the morning, not a taxi to be had. People walking around the streets of Cork in the stupid hours of the morning trying to get a taxi. If you're not on the the 220, the 24-hour bus route, you're looking for a taxi and there isn't one to be had and people were walking out to the outskirts to see if they catch one come on back in we seem to have an awful shortage a particular shortage of taxis this Christmas and listen if you think the city's bad wait till I talk to Eddie in a minute it's even worse out in, in the county county towns that there doesn't seem to be a taxi for miles come here have you the meat bought have you all have you got the turkey have you the ham have you the spiced beef whatever else you want well we might be able to start it for you if you haven't bought the meat yet we can fix that for you every day this week I have a 300 euro voucher you'll get a lot of meat for that a 300 euro voucher for the wonderful people at O'Cruley Butchers they're over 60 years in business a cork run business with a rich heritage quality meat and produce as they say so we have 300 euros a day this week which we get all the Christmas meat sorted at O'Cruley Butchers but like I said not a taxi to be had uh, late at night at the weekend and that's just in the city Eddie now it's Bandon you're talking about it was always a taxi service I would have thought in Bandon a small one but it was always there until this weekend morning Good morning, PJ. How are you? Very good. Um, yes, it was. It was always taxi services abandoned, you know, up until pre-COVID. You know. Yeah. And then after that, it you know it just seemed it seemed to drift away, and and now you can't get a taxi in Bandon after six o'clock, which is absolutely ridiculous. To be honest with you. You were out over the weekend, were you? I was, yeah. We were at a, a, a family gathering, and you know, we had to depend on family and or a um, family member and or a friend to, to get take us home, like. Mm-hmm. Which means that someone has to be the designated driver, which is fine. But it, it means it, you know someone is also up until all hours of the night driving people home. 
Absolutely. PJ, look, in these day and age, in, in a big town like Bandon, you know, and, and I think it's happening around most of West Cork as well. No, you can't get a taxi after six o'clock, which is ridiculous, to be honest. Do they think we're all in bed after six o'clock or something? What's, what's going on? Like, I don't understand it at all. No, to be fair, there have been a lot of attacks on taxi drivers, and some of them are, and have spoken to me here about being nervous about going out at night. But well, you know, it, it's I, a bucky think, job, but someone's got to do it too. Look, I think so. What happened before, you know, before COVID, you know, how come everybody could get a taxi then, PJ Alert? It's true. It's true. Do you know what I mean? And and then look, I have to emphasise this now. You've got young. Girls and, and young fellas as well above and around the city, you know, that are standing on, you know, after coming out there, being with their friends on a night out, and they can't get a taxi home. What's, what's that all about, like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I do know of one part of mine recently who waited around mm. until 20 minutes to four in the morning, and the only way he got a taxi was he was halfway out of the city. Hey, I mean, thinking, about wa- not- thinking about walking home. He lives in Grange. Thinking about actually Absolutely. walking home. It's, it's, Listen, in this day and age, you shouldn't have to do that. This is modern Ireland, supposedly, in, you know, 2023, and we're coming into 2024. And so is, things, is this the way things are going to be for the future? Like, you know, I think it's all wrong anyway. To be did, Bandon have a, did Bandon have its own company once, Eddie? I wouldn't be that familiar. Bandon cabs are still running at the moment. Oh, I see. And there's... Yeah, they have one, I think, one or two drivers, and and they stop after six o'clock. They just stop? You know, they stop driving after six o'clock, six p.m. in the evening, like. Right. I mean, do they think that nobody wants to go out after six o'clock or what? Like? Well, if if anyone from Bandon Cabs is listening to us and would like to explain that to us, then we'd be well, delighted to hear you know, it. and this is what I'd love to hear. And we also had Murphy Cabs, Murphy Cabs are here as well, and... I mean, and there was there was at least three or four different um, cab companies in Bandon back in before COVID, yeah, and yeah. they were all doing a driving business like. Because I can remember for years, Eddie, I know we're going back a while now, but I used to DJ at the rugby club, <laughs> and I used to DJ in the nightclubs in Bandon, and one or two pubs down there. And of course, I'd be driving because I was working, but there yeah. was loads of cabs. You'd get a cab. No, you might, you might be waiting half an hour, but you'd be in the uh, pub, yeah, but, and but the pub would ring the cab home for you. Anyway, PJ. You would, you would, you you'd would. You'd get home, like. Yeah, I think I think Fromoy is nearly as bad now these days, and Mitchestown. Do you know what? I think it's it's kind of re- reverting around the whole of West Cork and and, and East Cork as well. It's a. Yeah. But I don't, you see, I don't get it, you know. Do tell me something, Eddie, sorry. No. Come out is Bandon busy by night? Us? Is Bandon busy by night? Absolutely. Listen, myself and my wife, we're in our, we're 60 now, but we, like, we'd go a lot more often if we could go downtown and, and get a, a cab home, know what I mean? Yeah. But we don't go anymore. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that we don't go, because we know we have to walk home. We're, we're about... You know, nearly three quarters of a mile from the town. You know. I see. I see. I see. And Bandon is a decent like size. It's, it's, it's funny. You have to walk down the long during the summer, but you know, in the winter nights, you'd like to, you know, call it Karen and, and get your home like, safely. You know. Yeah. All right, Eddie. You're right. And if anyone who runs a cab service in Bandon or any of the surrounding towns or any town in West Cork, anybody wants to talk to me about why you don't go out after six o'clock in the evening, I'd be more than interested. 
in finding that out. Eddie, thank you. Um, Emma said, PJ, town was a nightmare Saturday. There was girls standing all the way down the mall and all the way down Sullivan's Quay at half one, even before the clubs closed, trying to flag down cabs. We were there for nearly 40 minutes in the freezing cold. See, that's, that's, that's not good enough in a modern European city at all. Kate. Hi. Um, I wonder, are they afraid to go out to places, you know, and you also get the guys, you know, when you take them out the countryside there. Um, I know of a fella, and um, he just hopped out of the taxi and took off. And he never, the taxi man never got paid. That goes on as well, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and they, but I just think that also clubs... And different places in town need to have um, taxi services. You know what I mean? Like contracted taxi drivers yeah. that are available there straight away when people come out. Why not? I mean, they've made a fortune during the night, or the, the customers. Why not have this service available outside? Our taxi will be out there for you now, or whatever. Yeah. And combine the taxi service with the clubs and with all the businesses at night time. Yeah. Rather than the individual. Do you know what I'm saying? Or oh, you mean that the, the clubs would run the taxi service? That they have a contract with taxi companies, okay. and do, do you know what I'm saying? Like you tell, and uh, yeah. say, well, this like, is our, our our yellow taxis now are um are with our club or 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 we'll say we say McCurtain Street, um or the taxis are run you know from you know the, the different companies have a service from taxi companies. Do you know what I'm saying? I understand. And they say, do, well, yeah. our taxis are outside at two o'clock in the morning, whatever, and they'll take you home. You know, a decent service. Absolutely. No, it's, I, you know? now that you think of it, or now that you mentioned I was in Belfast a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weekends ago, and we needed cabs, obviously, and mm-hmm. and one or two places that we were in had a phone in reception, yes. and yes. they had a contract with a cab yeah. company, and you go up and you say, yeah. there was one, one hotel, we were having a bite to eat in, and I went out to reception and I said, any chance you could organise a cab for me? Oh, yes, yeah. and he even wrote down a reference number on a piece of card. And said, so that's, that's the guy he'd asked for. You're, you're dead right. And I'd, say within, I'd say within company. 90 seconds, Kate, there was a cab outside and, and Belfast was heaving. There you are. You can do it that way if they'd only just think about something. <laughs> it's true, it's true. All right. Okay, take so, care of Cheers, friend. cheers. Someone didn't get... You knew someone, by the way, Kate, yeah, you knew someone who stuck out... Oh, God, she, was gone. she knew someone who was out until 5 a.m. at the weekend uh, and didn't get home until nearly 5 o'clock in the morning. And Kate is down in the Carrigaline area. If you get caught down there... And what actually, when I lived in Carrigaline, there was one or two local cab companies, definitely one, maybe two. I don't know if they're still there or not. Mallow, very hard to get a taxi, even during the day. And worse again, at night. Uh, Darren is a taxi driver and says, there's not enough buses running. That's the start of the problem. They don't run after closing time. From one in the morning, it's left to the taxis. From three in the morning, there's loads of taxis. Also, we have the right to refuse people. Whether they are intoxic- when they're intoxicated or aggressive. It is dangerous out there now. I'm doing it 28 years. I don't even do nights anymore. If you're worried about getting home, organise a lift with the people who brought you in. If you look at 11 o'clock at night, there's taxis parked all over the place. It's too much of a rush, and it's predominantly only for three weeks of the year over the Christmas. <sighs> you see, Darren, you're driving a long time, um, and I understand that it's dangerous out there, but the work is... As at the time it's at, people don't want taxis at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. But you're right about the buses. I completely agree with Darren, by the way, about the buses. And I've said this before, I'm lucky to live on the 24-hour 220 route. But why don't all the other buses? Don't be giving me nonsense now about, oh, that's not the way, not as simple as that. Why don't other buses run 
until at least closing time in the pubs. Like the pubs are closing at half half twelve at the weekend. Half twelve, one o'clock. Why don't the buses run until half twelve, one o'clock? Why doesn't the two sixteen run until one in the morning? Why doesn't the two fourteen run until one in the morning? Why does why don't they run until one in the morning? That's a good idea, Darren, and a very good point. Very good point. Monica's wondering if a place like Bandon should have a late night bus service every thirty minutes from midnight to three AM. Absolutely it should, Monica. Late night local buses, absolutely it should. Yeah, just we're in a modern society, lads. With twenty twenty three coming into twenty twenty four, as Eddie was saying, you you expect the things, and what we expect are the things we find in other parts of the world when we go on holidays to Spain or to France or wherever we go. If you want a taxi, the pub will flag a taxi down for you or call a taxi for you because they give a lot of business to the taxis, so the taxis prioritize that pub or that hotel. People wandering around town at half one, two o'clock in the morning. No taxis to be had. I appreciate it's not safe, but Darren, you can't just all F off home at 11 o'clock, you know. People are going to need. People are going to need. And I get it. You don't have to take anybody on who's intoxicated or aggressive. But most people aren't. Not good enough, like 0818969696. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas! Christmas with your local maze. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. Join the conversation! Call us now. 0818969696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Huh? Darren, our taxi driver is actually on the phone. Darren, I think you and I will agree more than we disagree before we even start. Morning. Good morning, PJ. There should be more of you. Tell me why there aren't. PJ, look, there's 1,600 taxis roughly in Cork City and County. Right. 1,600. How many people come out on the street on a Saturday night? Mm. Right. You expect the taxis to shift all them. If people want to get taxis, it's very easy to get into industry. Buy a taxi player for €125, euro, get your vehicle and come into the industry and see how long you last. I'm doing it 28 years, PJ. If I had my time over again, I wouldn't have got involved in it. Wouldn't you? No. I'm working around 70 hours a week to make a living. Like what time were you working a weekend? I, I worked up to 8 o'clock Saturday night. From what time? From 8 in the morning. Okay. And why did you choose the day shift? I mean, you could have, you could have worked... Late night, better tips. Just, it's, it's not to do with money. It's to do with safety. That's the point you're missing. It isn't safe. Right. Well, like, okay. Let, let, I'll come to that because I appreciate it because I've spoken to some of your colleagues who've been yeah. attacked. But take the daytime. Right, you worked 8 to 8. Saturday was mayhem. You, you wouldn't move. You know, so, was, PJ, the traffic no, no, was awful. No, it's PJ... You make more money if there's less traffic, PJ, won't PJ, you? PJ, yeah. PJ, the traffic wasn't awful. You could still get around in it, right? Really? Yes, really, PJ. You know, you could. You didn't have to drop people into Patrick Street, South Mall, anywhere around the surrounding areas. They were happy with it. There wasn't a problem with traffic, Saturday, if you know where you're going and what you're doing. We weren't queuing for car parks. We avoided where the traffic jams were. Well, I'm speaking for myself. Okay. I went home Saturday night at 8 o'clock, and it was quiet. Mm. Everybody was in town. Everybody was in town. So what was I going to do? 
I had a family function Saturday night anyway, but what was I going to do from 8 o'clock till 1 o'clock at night? Hang around? Go home? Come back out again? And, and was there no work hours? there between 8 and midnight, no? No, it was typical. Look, PJ, I dropped home at 8 o'clock. I was back in town for half nine. Right. I had a family function. Okay. And there was taxis parked up on the ranks. Okay. No problem. Ten, I was going home at half 11, and there was taxis parked up on the South Mall on the Grand Parade. Okay. It's for three hours. Mm. It kicks off from 12 o'clock until 2, 3 o'clock. And, and how many fellas would stay out, Darren? I mean... I don't have I don't have exact numbers, PJ, but Top any lads I any lads I know wouldn't. And if I was to put a figure on a PJ, I would say maybe well six seven hundred taxis be walking Saturday night. Right. Okay. 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 Now look, it has gotten dangerous. I mean, have you have you met have you met oddballs? Shall we say? Have you have you been attacked? Have you been? Attacked? No, I haven't. I haven't, PJ, because it's very simple. If I don't like the look of someone, the condition of them, I don't pick them up. I don't do nights anymore, so I don't come across that. Right. I don't come across it. Like, people go out on a Saturday night. We're talking three weekends up to Christmas. You know yourself, come January, February, March, April, May. <laughs> you can pick any colour you want. Click your fingers like the Carlsberg ad. There's taxis parked everywhere. Like, the Minister for Transport offered taxis to people in rural Ireland. They were given grants for people in Bandon, McCroom, anywhere yeah. in rural Ireland. No take-ups. Yeah. You heard my first caller this morning, Eddie. It was out uh, yeah. Saturday night. Bandon's a busy town. There's still a cab company in Bandon. And they don't, they don't go out after 6 o'clock. Because, PJ, it, the work isn't there for the... You're talking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's not there. It's not there to justify keeping a company open all night for one night of the week. Yeah. You see, here's the thing about that, Darren, and you say you're on the bi- in, in the business an awful long time. And I worked, I was in town an awful lot more, say, 28, 29 years ago, 30 years ago, 25, 20 years ago, I was in town an awful lot more by night. And the shortage doesn't seem to have been there. There's more of a shortage now than there you was to, 25 years you have, ago. You have to thank certain companies that have started up recently with the apps. You remember, there was about 25-plus Taxi bases in Cork City. Yeah. A lot of hackneys as well. There you go. And what happened was when the apps came along, the taxis left the bases and joined the apps and the bases couldn't survive with the couple of hackneys they had. So the app is the problem? uh, Look, there's foreign against it. The app has helped close down a lot of taxi bases. Really? Yes, it has. Can we, pick, can we unpick that for a little bit? Because I'm, I'm interested in that now, Darren, to get your, your point on it. Because I remember when they launched the apps. Um, I remember, what, what, what's it called? Free now these days. And, and there's another couple of them, right? And I remember being told at the launch of the app, by the app, obviously, people, that this is the way the service is going all over the world. Look at Uber. Look at Lyft in the States, for example. Look at Uber. Well, you, you, you look at Uber. It's been thrown out of more countries than it's been accepted in, right? You look at America, the amount of attacks that have happened in America with Uber. Mm. You, you're, you're people in, you brought up Uber, which is big in America. In America, you can, students are renting cars from car hire companies for the weekend and go and work in as Uber. There's no background check on them. Nothing like that. Would you like... I have heard enough? that before, Darren, yes. but I've also heard that dismissed as well. Look, you, as I said to you, there's foreign against everything. You asked me about the apps. Yeah. The apps have closed down a lot of taxi companies in Cork. Right. It's very easy. 
the drivers decided, right, I'm not paying a taxi company 120 euros a week if I only work one day or two days. Mm-hmm. If I go with the app, I pay for the jobs I do. Yeah, it's they, take, it a bit, they take a percentage of every job they that you take, do. Free now take... In a full a, week, they'll probably take more than 120 off it, wouldn't they? But you see, if you're not working, if you're only working one or two days and you're out sick, you only pay for what you work with the apps. Right. If you're on a base and you're working one or two days, you're still paying the base, a full base fee. And a lot of drivers decided they wanted to go with the app, which was their choice. Mm. But it meant that we had a lot of hackneys at the time, the hackneys disappeared. Mm-hmm. And a lot of hack- well, a lot because of because the hackneys can't pack up pick up off the street, you had to go exactly. to the, to the yeah. a lot of hackney drivers got rid of their hackney license and bought taxis. Yeah, yeah. Like PJ, it's people are all experts. Like no, I, no, I, I'm, I, I'm 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 actually let, no, I'm, I'm saying, listening I'm, to I'm him. I'm enjoying you. I'm enjoying this because I'm learning a lot from you. I, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying people are out there and they're telling us how to do our job. Yeah. Three weekends of the year. And the jazz weekend. You remember a few years ago, bus here and ran late night buses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we didn't have as much problem. Why yeah. aren't they doing it now? Well, why aren't, that's, why aren't that's a question they? for the National Transport Authority more than bus here, and to be fair. There, yeah. even, if we had, even if we had 4,000 taxis on Saturday night, this Saturday night gone, yeah. you still couldn't clear, clear the crowd. You, you make a super point about the bus services, and I think you're right. I, I think you're 100% right. On a Friday and Saturday night, pubs are open till half past 12. And there isn't it. All the all the buses are gone by by half eleven. There you go. Bar the two twenty, which is understaffed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But but why has it been left down to taxis? We live in a modern era, as you say. Mm. Why is it left down to taxis? No, that's that is an. I, I, and I come back to the to the buses, Darren. And it's an excellent point that you make but so, about it's, the buses. It's not just the buses, PJ. It's. The trains to Mallow, the trains to Cove, the trains to Middleton, yes. the trains to Carrick Tool. People would be happy to go to the train station, get off of Mallow, mm. either walk home, or if there was a bus running, shuttle bus into Mallow from the train. But it's not, because yeah. they don't want the jobs to do it. The drivers the, are afraid on the buses at night. I'm not too sure about the last bus or the last train to Mallow, what time that is, but I know the last train to Cove is at a time where people are missing the end of the show at the Everyman because they have to get the train down to Cove. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. It's, 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 it's easy to bash the taxis for three weekends of the year. And I admit, all right, there is a shortage for the three nights, Saturday nights coming up to Christmas. Mm. But as I said, if we had 4,000 taxis, there'd still be a shortage. And what happens then in January, February, March, April, May, when the taxis are parked up every night on, on the ranks in town? Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. people go maybe once or twice a year and they expect a taxi. A woman said maybe the nightclub should organise a taxi at the door. Where are they going to get the taxis from? There isn't enough to pick up on the streets. Now, no one fellas wait outside pubs for people. Yeah. The numbers aren't there for the three weekends of the year. Mm. Okay. So, like, it should be joined up riding. We've been saying it for how long that the buses need to come on board to help people out. Okay. Okay, okay. We'll see where, where it goes, Darren. Thank you for that. I do think Darren is right more than he's wrong. To be fair, particularly with him on the buses and the lack of late buses, I think it's uncivilized that we don't have buses going after eleven or twelve o'clock at night. Uh, Paul, good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What would you like to say? Well, first of all, taxi drivers are like everybody else. They go to walk. Most of us actually walk twice as long as the average 
35 hour a week job because as Darren said we work 70 and 80 hours a week mostly 12 and 14 hour days we can finish work what time when we want any time we want because we work for ourselves also, you're, are you, are you a driver you're a taxi driver yeah I am you know okay. I, do you know I'm a, I'm a taxi driver in Cork since 2009 okay okay when I started off I started off as a hackney driver yeah. Then I graduated into a ta- I was made redundant in 2011 and I bought a taxi. From 2011 on, to buy a taxi was made harder and harder and harder by the National Transport Authority. Yeah. Because you couldn't buy a saloon taxi, you could only buy them, they stopped the issuing the taxi licenses and then they started reissuing them only as wheelchair accessible licenses. Yeah. You have hundreds of fellas driving taxis in Cork that are rentals from. Dublin and uh, all over the country by fellas who own multiple licenses. Fellas who would do- give their left arm to own their own taxi and they can't. Nice. You try, if my car, God forbid, which you I, I thought they liberalised the whole thing no, so that you can't do something now like, remember taxi plates were, I remember taxi plates were changing hands for 30, 40, 50,000 that, 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 that was way back in 2006. That's illegal dumb. now, isn't it? No, no. It was quite, it was actually legal to sell a plate at that much price back yeah. then. Because you were selling was, the business, like they they shut it off, and then they opened up, they decommissioned the business, and then they opened up licenses for six thousand five hundred euros to anybody who wanted one. Mm. And then what happened was the whole country was flooded with taxis. You had the likes of your man, he used to be head of the Taxi Federation up in Dublin. Let's not he name bought, anybody now, Paul. I'm not naming a man. He bought four or five hundred licenses and has them all rented out all over the country. Again, not breaking any laws there either, is he? No, he's not breaking any laws. But then what the National, uh, National Transport for Ireland done was, then they closed it off. And now he can't sell a taxi license. Yeah. It right. dies with you unless you will it to somebody. Yeah, okay. but someone else, was it you said that to me before? Someone else said that before. Yeah. That you can't now. Well, unless, unless, I, yeah. unless I will it, put my license to somebody, my license when I retire is gone. If I leave my license last for 12 months, it's gone. I can't, I drive a superb estate. I can't buy a license tomorrow for a superb estate. I can only buy a license for a wheelchair accessible uh, vehicle. Mm-hmm. Which aren't suited to this business because of the mileage and the, the traction that they go through. Engines don't glass, gearboxes don't glass. Gotcha. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know that was to get, no, wasn't that to get more more disabled or wheelchair taxis into, the, into now, the market? But now the, the, the market is flooded with wheelchair accessible vehicles. What they need to do is change it. When the I pass, let's say if Joe Blog passes his license tomorrow, give him access to a uh, saloon license. Give him access to one saloon license that he can't buy another one, but okay. he can drive a, a, a car. Okay. Okay? Hmm. Second of all, here's a sarcastic point. As Darren says, they've done late night buses. Dublin bus started that 35 years ago. From yeah. 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Bus Aiden was doing it for the odd Christmas every couple of years. We used to get the night link. Yeah, you get three the or night, four. Exactly, yeah. the night link. They just can't be asked. It's the same way as Transport for Ireland are putting in this beautiful new rail hub from Ballancolic to the train station and the train station to Matton. Absolutely fantastic. And where's the one place they forgot about? Go on. The second airport. 
<laughs> yeah, well, we must be the only major capital. You know what in, I mean? We must be the only major cap or major city in Europe that doesn't have a train or some kind of I, thing to its airport. We sat down and started walk about the same time every day, about five a.m. Yeah. Most of our walk is train station, people going to walk, and guess where? The airport. The airport. Because the first flight out of there leaves about half five, six o'clock in the morning to Amsterdam. Guess what time the first bus goes up there? Go on. 20 to 7 from the Clayton Hotel. <laughs> I got you. I got you, Paul. I want to get to Kevin, and that line is not the best. Have a good Christmas, and I hope you get loads of work. Kevin. Morning, PJ. How are you? How you doing, fella? Paul's line not was getting a bit crunchy there, so we let, <laughs> let it go. But you're, you've, the apps, Darren is blaming yeah. the apps. The yeah, apps made wrong. it more customer-friendly, though, didn't they? It, 100% it did, but that's just ha- the problem you have. I know, for, look, I can only speak from my son's experience. My son is a, works at a taxi office in Bristol. He, he did it from the day he left school up until today. So he's been a taxi controller now for a good while. And um, he saw the use of what he was doing drop off massively when apps like Uber took over. He's mainly now doing account work, running accounts for the taxi firm, for the airport, train station, hospitals, right. and what have you. Retail, account, retail work doesn't come through telephone lines anymore. It literally goes through the apps, direct to the drivers, and the drivers are paid via the app. So no one rings the base anymore. No one rings the base anymore. And subsequently, the offices that he was working in Bristol have amalgamated, they've amalgamated taxi firms, bought into each other, and the region that he was, he was literally working in a small office in South Bristol. That office now runs all of Bristol, Southwest and Wales out of one office. And he's like, he said his workload is exactly the same, but the, the areas that he's working out of or around is huge. And the, the idea of someone ringing a taxi firm from a pub just doesn't exist over there anymore. Everyone and I mean everyone will have an app on their phone to mm. get a taxi. No, I was, I, was in, I was in a hotel in, in Belfast a couple of weeks ago and we were, we were going to walk back to where we were staying. We said, no, you know what, we'll get a cab. Evening was dirty and cold. And I went out to reception to say, what are the chances of getting a cab? And this guy lifted the phone. He said, it'll be about two minutes and there's your reference number. So they are still doing it. They're still doing it, but it's, it's, it's just as easy for the hotel to have... A link, like you said, you're not wrong what you said, but a hotel will have a link with a firm and they'll be prioritised. But I think in general, the way it's going, Darren is spot on, the way apps are going now, it's going to become the norm where if you're out on a, on a Sunday night at 11 o'clock and you need to get home, you'll click on the app, who's around, okay, uh, and you'll book it from from your phone, pay it from, from your phone. Yeah. And that's how it's going to work. And drivers are working to when the money is there and you know between 8 and 11 everyone's out having a party unfortunately if you're the taxi driver who's working from 6 at night to 6 in the morning you're not doing much work between probably 7 and 1 that's a lot of time that's 5 hours you're 6 hours you're sat in your car waiting for a fare and you're sat there losing money if you're working those same hours starting at 9 in the morning you're going to be chipping away all day and busy. That's a fair so, point. That's a fair point. You know? Yeah. Okay. No, i got to shoot. Have a great Christmas. See you, Kev. You too, man. Take care. Take care. Take best care. best to everybody. Yeah. Like, we have to try and see it, I suppose, from the taxi driver's side of the road as well, as Darren and Paul 
and Kev talking about his son's experience have been telling us. Like it's a yeah, we all want to get home at one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. There should be more buses. Absolutely should be more buses. That's public transport. You see, a taxi isn't really public transport. A taxi is a private business. But public transport is where we need to be. Uh, I work taxis for years. Now they have the HSE and the school runs, so they don't work nights. All they need to do is ro- rotate and pick up only who you want, nowhere trust, is what they're saying. Pete, I have no allegiance to any form of transportation, but how many forms of transport bring people into town, and then how many of the same modes bring people home in the small hours? Great show, says Noel Dignan, Valley Hay. I'm not entirely sure what your point is, Noel, but thank you. Uh, waited an hour and a half in Carrigal Line for the 220 that's supposed to run every 30 minutes or so. Was late for an appointment. Can't trust the service, says Sean. Be fair, Sean, I have to say with the, the 220 is a bit iffy at the moment in terms of reliability. It, 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 it's, it, it is like, um, it's, it's getting a bit unpredictable, to say the very least. Thank you for that. 0818969696. Kate is wondering, why don't taxi drivers work a split shift when they know the routes will be busy so they don't be hanging around all night? What do you mean, Kate? Go out maybe from 3 till 8, then go home and whatever and go out again from 12 until 4? Maybe some taxi drivers would, but split shifts in any line of work, they're not then conducive to good family life. Niall and Jamie and Karen all want to get in on the taxi argument. Let's do that. You want the biggest hits? What about a bit of um, real 90s? Beyond real. Other people would be like, you want to hear your song? I'm like, yes. Love it. What a tune. You got them right here. The Hit Mix. The Hit Mix. On Cork's 96 FM. I want... New music. I want to hear that new tune. Fresh. Fresh new music. The Hit Mix with Brian McAvoy. The Hit Mix. On your smart speaker. On your phone. And on your radio. Weeknights from 8. On Cork's 96 FM. Have you got the Christmas meat in yet? Have you a turkey? Have you ham? Have you spiced beef? Have you anything else at all? Well, if you haven't, I might just be able to sort you out there. All this week, we've teamed up with our friends at O'Cruley Butchers to give you a chance to win a 300 euro voucher every day. That'd square you away nicely for Christmas. They've 60 years in business, Cork-run business, with a rich heritage, quality meat and produce. This is easy, all right? What is our chef of the day cooking or baking? Each day this week we'll have a chef. We're not interested in who the chef is, but what are they cooking or what are they baking? Now, this isn't exactly a chef. This is one of the most famous comedy pieces ever broadcast on Irish radio, but it's still a recipe. So what is the recipe for? Four large eggs, two cups of dried fruit, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of brown sugar, eight ounces of nuts, and the juice of one lemon, plus one bottle of whiskey. That's very important. So what is that a recipe for? Uh, it's one of the best comedy pieces, as I said, you'll find anywhere. But what is the recipe for? Four large eggs, two cups of dried fruit, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of brown sugar, eight ounces of nuts, and the juice of one lemon, plus one bottle of whiskey. That's very important. All right. Tell us what the recipe is for. Okay. Oh, eight. Three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. What is Chef Baking? And your name too. Now Niall on taxis. Morning. 
Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, good. What would you like to say, sir? Uh, what a lot of people don't realise is if a taxi does a job out of a hotel, a bar, or a restaurant on the app, they're paying two euros. Okay. We now take two euros and donate that to the hotel. So if you do a local job around the place, it's costing you two euros. Then the app company takes 15% off it. Right. Like, it's very easy for... The Minister for Transport has an advisory committee to advise them on what should be done within the industry. Free now sits on that committee. They don't own one taxi. It's very easy for them to spin around and say, we've 10,000 or 20,000 jobs uncovered this week. Mm-hmm. Turn up, t- go commission free between one and four and see how many jobs will be covered then. Because when you why sit into you, the why, car now, how much, like if I sit into a, a car at, we'll say, midnight, how much I'm? How much is on the clock before the thing even moves off the curb? 480. 480. Surely that covers yeah, the commissions, doesn't it? No, no, no. If you if you sit into it with free now, you'll pay 480. You would have a two euro call out charge. And recently, free now are charging up to eight or nine euros in a technology fee off the customer directly. Right. So if, if, and I notice you over the weekend speaking to different customers, fares that should be 13 or 14 euros, they're going to cost you 20 euros. And they're saying to me, Niall, why is it costing so much? Like, you, you, I'm being charged more than that is on the meter. Right. Which is the guy, which is what the National Transport Authority said. You cannot be charged more than it's on the meter. But free now, for whatever reason, are able to charge a technology charge. I read about this, Niall. I know that you mentioned yes. it to me. I read about this, that if you take using the app, and actually, in fact, last night, took a taxi home from town for the first time in months. We were all standing there in the rain, and there was half an hour for the next bus, so we said, sod it, we'd grab a taxi. And I used the app, and I noticed that it was a fairly hefty taxi ride. Now, I put that down to four of us being in the car. Well, if you use the app, I'd advise you to go back and look in your emails and see what you were invoiced for. I will do that. And you'll be... You, like, if, if, if for um, argument's sake, you have somebody who's... There's a group going out, maybe to the 12 clubs at Christmas, they order a minibus, and uh, that could cost them up to 10 euros extra in technology charge. Not to the taxi technology driver. Technology charge? I never heard the like. Yes. So... When people are complaining that there's no taxis available, there are available. Right. But why, why, why would I do work off the app at a premium time when it's free on the streets? Yeah. Here we go, actually. Um, and the, 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 I just opened my invoice here. Okay, base fee. A euro technology fee was what it was. You've done well. You've done well because I've... I picked people up from Frankfield at the weekend and they were paying three ninety nine technology fee. And I only have a, a, an ordinary uh, wheelchair accessible taxi. Right. I'm not a six-seater or an eight-seater. Hmm. And the second part I'd like to highlight is in relation to wheelchair accessible taxis. The fleet of wheelchair accessible taxis is growing. Brilliant. Uh, but we still hear the same thing, that there's none available. Yes. I the lady up. I picked a lady up from the train station on Saturday evening and as part of a wheelchair accessible taxi, I can apply for a grant. I get the grant. I must provide all my contact details. I must give an indication of the times I'm available 
and an email address that I can be contacted on for bookings. That's freely available to the National Transport Authority. The lady knew nothing about it. She didn't know that she could contact the National Transport Authority and get the names and telephone numbers and rough times of, of wheelchair accessible taxis working in our area. I see. I see. Because we do, we, occasionally it comes up on the programme that someone will be looking for a wheelchair accessible taxi. And what I could never understand is, for the last number of years, you have to be wheelchair accessible to get a new licence. So why is pe- are people still waiting for, for a wheelchair taxi? Because a lot of people, a lot of taxi drivers like myself may use the app or may not walk a base to a train station or a bus station or the airport. But if they are wheelchair accessible, their contact details are registered with the National Transport Authority. This lady that I'm talking about, obviously, unfortunately, she's been a wheelchair a long time. Yes. She didn't know that she could get these numbers. I see. I see. Like this, and the, the advisory committee that is there, unfortunately, there's more and more multi-plate owners on the committee and not independent drivers. Okay. okay. Paul is coming back to me here on the technology charge. It's two euro max, according to Paul. Um, I got a euro. It, it, yeah, I've got it. Here we go. From 11th January 23, free now we're charging a technology fee based on the transport methods selected by passengers. One euro for a regular four-seater taxi. A taxi with five seats is an extra three euro. And then there's their reserve fleet taxis with four. Yeah, it's a different structure. So it depends on the taxi that you get. Yes, and if, if, if there's no taxi available, they'll say to you that if you're willing to pay extra, we can get you one. Well, if there's one available, there's one available. Why should I have to pay extra? Fair point. Niall, thank you. I want to get Jamie in before the news. Appreciate that. Jamie. People who use the apps are the reason it's harder to get a taxi, you were saying. Yeah, I do believe that because... Like, are I'm you in the taxis. industry? Yep, I'm driving 19 years. Okay. And when I look back over the 19 years, the amount of bases that have closed down because of the multinational companies... Right. Um, it's making it harder for people to get taxis. It's costing jobs. That money has gone over the country. Mm. And people are getting ripped off, customers and drivers... Because, so let's say, Saturday night, who is going to turn on an app, as a, from a driver's perspective, who will turn on an app that's going to cost them 15 euros of their income, or 15% of their income, when there's lots of work on the street that won't cost them anything? Right. Now, everyone who supported these apps are the cause for this, because if you go back 10 years ago, um, let's say yellow cabs, Mm. outside of the courthouse. I knew them. Every, people people them were able to go in there. Yeah, they can go in there, they can sit down, and they're in the queue and they get their taxi. There was Apollo cabs on South Main Street. Remember people it? People well. go in there, sit down, wave the taxi. There was Carry cabs bases. were down under us here, down on McCartan Street. Remember them too? Yep. There was multiple bases on McCartan Street. There was K cabs on Barrack Street. Uh, Arrow cabs. Uh, Star cabs. Back of the old boss office. They're all gone. Yeah. They're all gone because of the because of these multinational companies. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much why it's harder to get a taxi. It's not that there's not enough taxis. It's that there's not enough places to go get a taxi. So everyone is in the same area at the same time looking for a taxi. Right. And the taxi drivers are just going in and out of the area. They're not going to the hotels or restaurants or bars because it's going to cost them money. Yeah. They just go in and out. 
and then the people, they turn off the app. Right. Now, also, the people, there's other charges, apart from what Niall just said. If you want to book a taxi with one of these apps, for, let's say, I want to book a taxi for 7 p.m., right away, I'm going to get charged 3 euros. Wow. I'm getting charged the technology fee plus the 3 euro booking fee. If I happen to cancel my taxi uh, within two or three minutes, I'll get charged another four or five euros. I see. I see. Like, yeah. There's, there's, there's hidden charges. There. Yep. Yeah, and like there's, there's local companies out there that have apps also. Yes. They reward customers. Like, uh, and I'm, it's, it's not a plug, but I'm with satellite taxis. Right. I know you. I have your app. People, yeah. yeah. The amount of people who get into, into my car and they praise the app. They mm. praise the fact like, and and they're complaining about free now, about the charges because they can they can book a taxi with, with satellite taxis. It's not going to cost them anything. There's if no they're extra paying charges. with their card, yeah. yeah. If they if they pay with their card on the app, they actually get loyalty points I that see. they can put towards a free taxi. Okay. Well, okay. well rather than I, I get you, I get it I get it. <laughs> I suppose I'm not allowed to let you advertise either. But Jimmy, I take it take that point. We have local apps, satellite being one of them. There's probably others, but. Good point. A lot of hidden charges. A lot of the taxi drivers blaming the apps. The apps that are very, very handy. But a lot of taxi drivers blaming the app for the fact that you can't get a taxi home uh, late at night. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. Now, the weather forecast is, is it me, lads, or is it way too warm for. December for Christmas week. Is it way too warm? I got the bus in this morning and as I was walking across the city from the bus, I thought I could I could have worn my shorts. It was so mild. Way too mild, I think, for for Christmas week. It's supposed to get a bit colder later in the week, I think. But um hopefully, because it won't feel like if it's this mild, it won't feel like Christmas, will it? Yeah, there's a I've seen that before, Fergal, and I saw it actually in Cork with my own eyes a couple of years ago. On Reddit, there's a photo gone fairly viral of daffodils <laughs> blooming in December. Uh, and lots of comments on it about the climate. I can't remember the year. It was before the pandemic. Um, but it was the day of the 96 FM Christmas party. And I was driving home with the intention of getting the bus back into town for the party. So it was a Friday in, I'd say, early to mid-December a few years ago. Let's say, for argument's sake, 2019, maybe? 2018? And I was on the side of the road there by the dump, out the, the link road, by the, well, I must call it, I suppose, Tremor Valley Park, but by the dump. Do you know what I'm talking about? There was daffodils blooming in the centre aisle or the centre reservation of the road. So yeah, daffodils in December is not unusual. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> Now we'll have all the people who claim that spring starts in February trying to tell me that spring starts in February. <laughs> but no, the da- there are daffodils out. I've seen that. 
I haven't seen them myself this year, but I did see them in previous years. It's way too warm, though, for December. Way too... And it, it won't feel like Christmas at all if it's this warm. Anyway, back to taxis and, and the state of the nation and the state of the industry. And I'm very grateful to the taxi drivers who were calling us this morning and prepared to have the conversation with us. Because there's none of us down on you, lads. There's none of it. It's a hard job. Someone's got to do it. Karen, good morning. Good morning, PJ. You had an experience, was it last Friday? Yeah, it was. It was on Friday night in town. Uh-huh. And we made a conscious decision that we would leave the bar before last call in the sole purpose just to get the taxi. Yeah. So we did so and we stood on Academy Street outside Cashman's Bar and waited and waited and waited. And each taxi that passed, we put our hands out and not one single cab would stop for us. Now, we're people in our 50s and not drunk or wits about it, as we do have to. And um, luckily enough, a guy did stop for us and we had a conversation in the cab with the guy about the condition of the taxi situation in Cork City. And his explanation to us was, Every sing- well, not every single cab, but the majority, and he said the big majority, are working from the app and getting paid a lot more than what they are getting if they are stopping on the street to collect people. And had the discussion in our home on Saturday, and my daughter explained to us exactly what goes on with it. I don't have an app, and neither does any of my friends. But she happened to be getting a taxi home from town on a Friday evening after shopping and did the app, again, waiting on a bus to come to the south side and there was no no bus service. Mm. It was just chaotic. And before she even took off in the cab, there was five euros of an extra payment and she was charged 18 euros to come to the south side of Cork. Now, come on. Where does the book stop here? The extra charges are a big thing coming out of this discussion this morning, for sure. And I looked at my taxi receipt from last night. Now, we were charged an extra euro for the type of car. Like, sorry? What's that about? Okay. Yeah. Come on. Seriously. It's it's absolutely crazy. It really is. It It would actually put you off going into town to socialise and have a drink because it's just... There is no way out of town. They would you would you agree, Karen? Darren made the point. Our first taxi driver this morning who called in made the point that I heard him. Yeah. It's ridiculous that the buses are. I mean, the, what time? What was closing time Saturday night, Friday night? Twelve thirty inside. Twelve thirty. Right. Yeah. And and the buses. What part of town are you in? What bus would you get if you were getting a bus? That's another comment. Do you want me to go on all day? The two one four. Okay, drive on. Floor is yours, Karen. Come on. 214, 214, yeah. Now, the 214 should run till 1am, if you ask me. Yes, it should. Or it should run around the clock, actually. All buses should. We're we're probably one of the... We're we're actually the biggest city. Dublin is the capital, as you know. Uh, We're the real capital, and we don't have a proper bus service. But in Dublin, they do. You have the Lewis, you have the Dart, you Mm. have everything. But down here, we have absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two fourteen. Two fourteen should run. I think they should all run 
until at least the closing times of the pubs. And this isn't down to bus era now. This is down to the National Transport Authority. Those buses should be running until closing time in the pubs, I would have said. Yes, I totally agree. And I, I, um, on the comment from one of your, your callers, he said about safety. Um, it's not safe to be out there. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't like to be labelled as an unsafe person on the streets that a taxi driver would feel unsafe picking women in their 50s. Mm. I just thought it was... You see, what's happening is, Karen, that the majority... It happens too much in this country. The majority get punished for the sins of a few. Exactly. And that yeah. happens all over the country in all over the in, in, in many, many different things. And one of the reasons that taxi drivers don't pick up people on their own or they get very choosy is they, they, they you know, it's a bit like you can't tell which dog will bite you. Yeah. We all, we, we all get punished for the sins of a few, do you know? Exactly, I totally agree with you, but um, I just can't understand why they couldn't stop the two respectable ladies standing, knowing. Yeah. Not, not hammered drunk, had our bullwits about us, and could not stop and pick us up. And the reason he told us is because of the app. Now, I was I travelled during the year to the States and I had no issues whatsoever yeah. in getting an Uber or a Lyft, whichever one we wanted to choose, we were able to get it. And you have it within within minutes. You were in, in Cashman's on Friday night. Were there, were, were there tunes in there? Ah, oh, there was plenty of them. Yeah, yeah my my good old pal Brendan McCarthy is rocking Cashman's on Friday. He must. He, I think he's there since 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 the turn of the century. To be fair, but the best <laughs> it's the best music in a pub on Friday night anywhere. Is Brendan McCarthy inside inside in Cashman's Brendan Mac? Thanks, Karen. Happy Christmas to you. Uh, line two, Martin. Morning, PJ. Hiya. The charges on the apps killing the industry. Are you in the industry? I am twenty one years. Yeah. <laughs> And even just listening to that lady's point there, Karen, can I, can I just say one thing on just on it? When she said that taxis were driving past her, you know, a lot of times a taxi could be pre-booked, could be on the way to another job, or, you know, would leave people there. It's not that we're driving past them because we're not, don't want to pick them up. It's because we could be committed to something else. Yeah. You know? Um, do you have a, you, you do, don't you? You have a light that says you're, Available yeah. yeah, but that light, you could turn it off manually in the car and it automatically goes off and the meter starts. But look, to be honest, you could be just out to get in a job, some lads forget to turn it off, some lads leave it on all night. Do you know? That's some fellas don't put it on at all. Yeah. Yeah, there it, it, it should be just a red and a green thing, something like they have in Spain. I think a, a simpler light system would work a lot better here. Green for go, red for... You're right, green the, the green light in Spain works really well. Yeah, I think it will. See, with our light, it's on. Fellas, forget to turn it off, do you know? So the, the whole sign lights up, doesn't it? Yeah, the whole sign lights up. The whole, so people automatically right. think... A simple yeah. green and red light works so well in Spain, you're right, yeah? Yeah, I think people think you're for hire. No, technically you are for hire when your light's on. But um, it should be switched off if you're, if, if, you're, if you're not available. Fair point. Fair point. Well, I'm just going to sum up two things for you, PJ, right? right? Um, number one, without going over what the lads went with the charges, I'll give you an example. The hotels and the tours, was, tours on board got together last week with, with Uber and, and Bolt and a couple of other crowd trying to say that there was a lack of taxis um, to pick up their customers at the end of the night. Now, if I pick you up at a hotel, you say you're standing outside the Imperium and yeah. they use the Freeno app and your fare is €10, Euros. I'll keep it simple, right? Okay. 
I'm going to lose 150 on that straight away because of the 15%. So that brings me down to 850. Okay. Then their te- technology charge for sourcing the hotel is two euros. So I'm going to get 650 out of that fare. Now that's just above 50% of what I'm getting. So it doesn't go on the fare, it comes off your cut. It comes off my cut, exactly. And that's what needs to be clarified. It comes off our cut. So if you're standing outside a hotel with your hand out, and I pick PJ up and I'm going to drop you for 10 euros, I'm going to get the 10 euros. Yeah, okay, okay. Right? So So, so why are so many people using the apps if there's such a chop off it then? That's the thing, they're not using the apps, but so many customers are using the app. Ah, now the penny is dropping here. Right. Yeah. So the drivers aren't using the apps because obviously they're charges that they're being charged. <sighs> plus the technology fee that she discussed a while ago. So now this is why I'm standing there on the mall at two in the morning with my app open and I can see cabs around the place, but I can't get one. Exactly. Would you do it? Would you pick up to take a cut when I can pick you up and get 100% of the fare? Which we just the old style hailing. I've been sitting in ranks, PJ, inside in town, and there could be a person standing next to me. I could be top car, and they'll hail it. They'll hail um, a, a taxi on their app instead of jumping into one in the rank. Yeah. No. What people need to understand is maybe they have their cards set up with these 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 accounts. That's but you one can of also the reasons pay people might not have cash in there. And cash in there. No, but every taxi there. takes card. It was passed last September last year. We got a pay rise. And that, the pay rise was included a percentage that every taxi has to take card. So every taxi you jump into now has a card machine. Mind you, I would still get. I'm, I can I can hear them starting now, Martin. People calling us saying that the taxi wouldn't take card. Well, that's then where they need to start reporting these taxis. Simple as. A lot of people were mourning and groan about it, but they'll do. I know to say, did you take their plate number? Oh no, I didn't. So how's it ever going to get sorted if these drivers aren't called Fair out? Point. Fair point. You know, there's no point mourning to other drivers that are taking care of the the few that aren't, if they're not going to ring the NTA and, and discuss it with them, say, look, I got plate X, Y, and Z the other night. Um, I had no cash on me. He insisted I went to a bank machine because he wouldn't take card. Yeah. Now, you can get your printed receipt at the end of that fair and you'll have all his details on it. And leave the NTA followed up, which I'm sure they would. Okay, okay that's a fair point. You know? if, 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 you're not happy, if you're not happy, then there is a way, there's a way to come. Do you drive by night, Martin? I do. I do over Christmas, yeah, and I do. Do you think it's dangerous? Do you think it's a lot of aggressive passengers? Look, I mean, this time of the year, I'll be honest, that you're a bit anxious because, look, you get people out of Christmas parties that might be used to drinking so much, they have the wine and so forth, and they might get a bit of an iffy tummy on the way home. That's what what brings me most anxiety. You know, people that just overdo it this time of the year. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be a bit anxious but trouble look I'll give you an example again that lady there last caller said she was standing outside Cashman's and taxi drove past her I've often been top car in a rank inside in town and someone just wouldn't be bothered walking to the top car to get into the last one yeah. and that, that turns drivers off as well because I could be sitting there half an hour longer than what the back car just pulled in and is he's it, gone is it not fair to suggest or is it fair to suggest Martin that do you know what and I think myself younger people Younger people mightn't understand the custom of going to the front car. They just want the first car that, that they can get into. Possibly, but then you could flip it and say the taxi driver just pick up who he feels he, he wants to pick up. If it's going to work, it has to work. If it's going to work both ways. I have you. I have you. Listen, have a good Christmas. I hope you, and I hope you've loads of work and plenty of money. But I now see the point about the app. A tenner 
flare taken through an app is worth enough, not less to Martin, than a tenor flare flare flagged down. Thanks, Martin, for that. Alexandra, you use the app. I do. Good morning, PJ. Yes, I use the app. Yeah. When you hear Martin explaining how they don't make money off the app because there's so much taken off the fair before they ever see it. I understand that. However, um, I'm not talking about Martin, but in general, I'll give you my example. Of course. I, when I go on holidays or I travel a bit and I have a family, I have two small kids, I like peace of mind. So I like to book my taxi uh, a day or two in advance of having to travel to the airport to wherever. Sure. So um, I rang a few local companies. I, I literally looked on Google Maps what companies are around me to get something close to try to arrange a taxi for the next day. And nobody would uh, book me a taxi. They said to ring back in the morning and they'll see what they have. Yeah. Now that for me is not good enough, you know, especially when you're traveling with, with kids, you're, you, you, you know, you want peace of mind. Yes. So um, that's why, and I didn't think that the customer service was really, really good. Like they weren't, like if I said, oh, would I be able to get a car seat because I have like a really small baby or anything like that, they, they would laugh in my face, you know. I understand. So uh, that's why, for example, with the app, I can choose. I can I can choose for how many people I want to book the the taxi. I can get like a people carrier or like a I if I need space for the buggy to fold to unfold. I can leave comment in the app and I say I need you to have the boot empty because I need to put my bag inside. And can I please get a car seat as well? And usually those things are provided. You know, like they'll they'll allocate somebody that has all of that. So you 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 use the app because you feel as a customer, you get a better service. But the drivers then are saying, yeah, you as a customer are getting a better service, but we uh, we as drivers are getting a raw deal on the charges. So. And I think we've I, learned that from this morning, certainly, Alexandra. Yes. However, I wouldn't mind as a customer to have the peace of mind to pay the extra three, four euros booking fee or whatever, you know, like to pay a higher charge just for my peace of mind to be able to, to book in advance, you know. So, like, I wouldn't mind... Uh, paying a little bit more to get somebody that I know it's registered. Like all the details are logged in the app. I know who's going to pick me up. I can check who the driver is. You know, like it gives me a bit of ease as well. Like for example, on a night out or whatever, that I know who's coming to pick me up. They give you details about the driver, about the car. So I feel it's about a, a lot more secure as well, more safe. Excellent point. Excellent point, Alexandra. Thank you. Um, uses the app for all those other reasons. We have certainly reached a conclusion here this morning. I'm happy to come back to it. I need to change, change our topic for a, a little bit now, but I'm happy to come back to this later if you want to. But we seem to have learned something. And I'm grateful to Darren and to Paul and to Martin uh, who, and Jamie, other drivers who, who rang us this morning, taxi drivers. Now, listen, don't be coming down hard on us. Um, there's, it's a very hard business to be in and I completely appreciate that but the idea that we as customers when we take the app out we get a better service we get a better deal off the app the driver doesn't PJ just curious did anyone have this, this experience as a, a taxi I hailed dropped me home hailed down I presume in the street with your hand You know, uh, when I wanted to pay with a card he kept saying his machine was broken he did have a machine, but it wasn't connecting. 
I live just outside the city, so there shouldn't be any connection or Wi-Fi problem. He then wanted me to revolute in the money instead. I said, no, I had to get cash out of the bank for him. Anyone experienced that? That's from Anna. Well, here's the thing, Anna. If his card machine is down, um, he should... I'll get slaughtered. I don't care. If his card machine is down and you don't have cash, I would have said, tough look on him. you got to get a free trip out of that. It's up to him to make sure his cash machine's working or his card machine's working. Uh, there's a, you know the way you get on the bus sometimes and you're going to go pay with your leap card uh, and the driver will, will wave you on? I discovered that that's because the machine is down or offline or something and he just waves you on. I use my leap card all the time. And once or twice you'll be getting on a bus. Happened to me actually coming home very late one night. I was getting the, what, the 10 to 2 bus in the morning from town, the 2.20. And I was got on there in Grand Parade and the guy waved me on, um, even though I had my leap card in my hand. And it, it seems that the leap machine, if the leap machine goes offline, then they must wave you on. Which is, and I would have said, Anna, Anna, that if any taxi driver wants to take me on about this, I'm happy to talk about it. But if Anna wants to pay with her card and the card machine wasn't connecting, then she deserves to get a free trip out of that. Not be revving the money to a complete stranger. 0818969696. Join the conversation. Happy to come back to taxis and transport and all of the things associated with it in the fun. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. So time if you want to, although Sarah says, oh, my card machine's broken. It's the biggest lie ever. Uh, yeah, they take card, but not tonight. And then Paul, taxi driver, who was on earlier, he said the taxi driver now is not supposed to be working. He's actually not supposed to take the car on the road if the machine isn't functioning. Thank you. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, you don't need me to tell you that hospitals are 
crazy overcrowded at the moment. You don't need me to tell you that the ED is a nightmare. And last week, for example, on two days, there was nearly a 100 people waiting for trolleys in Cork between CUH and the Mercy. And the trolley watch isn't out for today. I normally get an email from the INMO with the trolley watch figures every day. I haven't got it yet this morning. Maybe Cullum Porter can tell me. Cullum is the Assistant Director of Industrial Relations with the INMO. Cullum, thanks for coming on. You've you've asked that non-elective or non-essential elective surgeries be cancelled this week to ease the backlog. Good morning. Morning, PJ. Thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. As you kind of said in your your introduction, there. Um, we, I mean that the hospitals are massively overcrowded across the country. Um, we recently did our stats from November, and there's almost eleven thousand five hundred people in the month of November went without um, a hospital bed. And I suppose where kind of Cork came into play with that Cork. University Hospital was the second most overcrowded hospital in the country with um, 1,159 patients on trolleys. So Have the, you done your stats our, for today? Have you done your trolley watch yeah. for this morning? So, so for today as well, like I know you said in your introduction that we had two days last week uh, where there's over 100 patients in COH and, and, and the Mercy. And now today's figure is uh, slightly down on that. It is 73 patients um, this morning. But I suppose when you kind of look at the, the, the bigger picture of it is the trend so far in December, you know, we will see the trolley figures far exceed those from November that are already, you know, excessively high. So we'd be very worried now that we will see, you know, record numbers numbers of patients on trolleys over the Christmas period. And as you know, PJ, we've been kind of collecting those trolley figures since 2006. So that will be a significant uh, record to break. And I suppose the thing to get across as well to the listeners is is that it is important to to remind people that when we actually talk about patients on trolleys, these aren't people who are waiting to be seen in the ED. These are people who are considered sick enough to be admitted to a hospital, but there's no bed for them. I I walked through through a crowded ED one time with a very well-known um, emergency medicine consultant who, who I won't name because it was a private conversation between the two of us, but he said, look, he said, we are, we're jamming today. But on the way out, he said, just count the number of times that I tap you on the shoulder as we walk, right? He was being very discreet for obvious reasons. And as we walked out and we were sitting down to do an interview in his office, he said to me, how many times did I, did I touch your elbow? I said, I think about 17 or 18 times. He said, yeah. He said, each time we did that, we were passing someone that I'm done with. My my department is finished with that person. They need to be in hospital, but I can't get them out of my bloody department because I've nowhere to send them. Though, yeah, uh, abs- yeah. That, you, absolutely. It's upstairs that, is that. the problem, Colm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, that would be the, um, the, the, the experience of, you know, all of our members who are working in, you know, the the, the EDs um, across um, across Cork, there is that there simply is, um, you know, issues with um, bed capacity both within the hospitals such mm. as you know CUH and the Mercy, but also out in the community as well. So, you know, you're you're going to get situations where where patients. Uh, maybe well enough to be discharged into um, another facility, another kind of step-down facility. Uh, but wasn't there either. Not, yeah. not there for them. So, the so what so, would, what would cancelling operations, like for argument's sake, now cataract or something like that, what, what, what would that achieve 
other than yeah, leaving look, someone go through a Christmas probably still in a bit of pain and discomfort. Absolutely, and I mean, look at the you know the HSE, the government, uh, the hospital groups. Um, the, they all must take extraordinary steps now to, to ensure that we're not going to replicate the uh, the record breaking numbers um, that we saw saw last year. So there, there's a couple of things that I think the the INMO is calling for, and, and the first one there is really around you know every private hospital bed that is available to the HSE um, must be utilised um, over over the coming period. Um, and it's all well and good, like having those those beds or having an agreement w- with um, hospitals or providers to, to to use those beds. But those beds need to have patients in them, and the patients need to be to be cared mm. for in them. And are there empty beds in private hospitals? Column. Well, well, the, the kind of the, the the reports we get um, is that it can be it can be mixed. That you know the HSA does have ha, does has contracted um, you know uh, bed capacity within private hospitals, and for one reason or another, that that isn't always uh, utilised. And then I suppose the other issue as well that you, you've raised already, uh, PJ, around the um, the elective activity. You know, un- unfortunately, you know, it's probably our view that 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 they do need to be cancelled to kind of free up the capacity of both beds, but also staff as well. It's very hard on the patient, though, who's waiting on that surgery. Absolutely, absolutely. Although, like, it may be very, very difficult for some some patients. The, the HSE, I suppose, they need to recognise that we are we are in exceptional times, and they need that they need to kind of cut, cut their cloth accordingly. Let's let, let, let um, do something like a hip replacement or a knee replacement, Cullum. Yes, you can wait into January to have your hip mm. replacement done, or maybe even into February to get your knee done, but you're going to be crocked with pain on Christmas Day when, in fact. You might you might have been starting on the road to recovery. Yeah. That's not fair in those people. Oh, it's it's not, and I suppose it's a so situation. Why are you calling that the, 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 I suppose it's the, I suppose the, the issue is that the the, the HSE is. Um, created this situation whereby whereby this is the only option that that that, that is available to the, the the acute um hospitals and i'd also say it's probably is better for patients being informed um with, with some notice rather than being on the day of their appointments that they're getting yeah. cancelled due to to service demand like absolutely appreciate it is a it's a very difficult situation but it's not it's not of the creation of i know you you know nurses and midwives no i get that I get that. It's just that, it, 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 it just sounds it just sounds to be very hard on someone who's been waiting for to have something done and and then to have it cancelled on them. And you know yourself, you don't cancel the yep, system absolutely. doesn't you don't cancel someone. They get cancelled like the day before the due to go in, and that's never going to be easy for anybody. The mm. thing about another thing that used to hold up um, the situation terribly was where you had a consultant who did private work. And there was beds held for his private patients or her private patients in a public hospital. Is that still going on? Uh, there is. I, I mean, it, it, it sometimes goes on in, in, in some areas. We do. It is. It, it is reported. Um, you know, by our, by our members at times that that it can happen. Uh, but would it be you know one of the the driving forces at the minute? Probably, probably not. Yeah. I think it, it really is the capacity issue at the minute. Okay. Also, um, look, I, I suppose there there's also needs to be heightened infection control measures in in well, all of our hospitals. RSV well. is but rampant at the moment. Absolutely, I was just about to say, particularly because we know the impact that RSV is having on on hospitals um, across the board and. 
you know, particularly the number of children who are ending up on trolleys um, is particularly concerning for, um, I suppose, both for patients, but also for, you know, our members who are trying okay. to deliver care to them. Okay. You have to wonder, Colm, thank you. You have to wonder, uh, will we ever solve all these problems? Is there any way to solve all these problems? Will we ever have a, a hospital system that just runs tickety-boo? Uh, is there one in the whole world that runs tickety-boo seven days a week, 365 days a year? I don't know if there is. I mean, as I said to you before on the programme, I had my own experience with hospital. For, I was in hospital for the first time, lads, in 26 years um, earlier this year. And I could not fault anybody or any element of my treatment and care from the time I went in. But it was something of an emergency going in. But still, do you know what I mean? Staff are not at fault here anywhere in the hospital. Thank you, Colm. Um, yeah, and there's a thing. We're going to do this for Friday now. We were talking about it last week. I want to compile for Friday, for our last show of the year, the most comprehensive list of who's working where. Um, and obviously hospitals, doctors, nurses, porters, caterers, all those people who all work Christmas Day. Guards, fire service. So what I want to do... For, for Friday's show, I want to have a list in front of me here with as comprehensive a list as possible of who's working on Christmas Day. Let's, let's put that together between us. Don't be sitting here at 5 to 12 on Friday and go, I'm working and you never mentioned me. All right. So, and I said I'd take the pressure off the team in putting that list together. So don't be sending it to, to Emer or to Fergal. Send it to me, pj at 96fm.ie if you want anyone in particular working Christmas Day that I might forget. Right. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96 I'm going to do this. I am? Yes, I am. Listen to Cork's 96FM on your smart speaker. Press play and step to the beat. Simply say, play Cork's 96FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Do you know one of the things with my kids being older is I don't have to be dealing with, and to be fair, I never did have to deal with, Queen Bee always did it, the presents for the teachers. At Christmas for primary school kids and smallies in particular. Like, what do you give the teacher? What do you give the teacher for Christmas? A couple of years ago, we did this thing about WhatsApp groups where mammies were getting together into WhatsApp groups and collecting money for the teachers. It's all turned into a bit of an industry. There's a TikTok user, primary focus, they call themselves on TikTok. Her name is Natalie. And she did a video there recently where she said, these are the things we don't want. And they'd rather not get anything that comes in a Victoria's Secret bag. Not that I ever saw a, pre- a teacher getting a present in a Victoria's Secret bag in my life, but they don't. You know, you might not have put anything nasty into it, or anything strange into it, but they would rather not get a Victoria's Secret bag. It doesn't look good on the desk. That I can imagine, yes. Don't be bringing them donuts either. Too much sugar, that's what she says. And they certainly don't want... Now, listen, she's gone viral with this. Dad's coming on to the teacher, possibly suggesting, well, maybe we could thank you, maybe we could say that. Stop it. Stop it. But what is it? What What are you getting for the teacher for your smallies this week? What What will you have for the teacher? I assume it's Friday that all's finished up, isn't it? What will you have for the teacher this week? What's What do you give the teacher for Christmas? Box of chocolates, maybe? 
Um, <laughs> I do remember a teacher saying to me years ago, Jesus, if I see one more effing Yankee candle, I'll throw it. <laughs> but then again, what do you get the teacher for Christmas? Eh? 0818969696. Our man Stephen Fox went down to feed Cork last week and talked to the people down there about the fantastic work that they do. But as we were listening back, he was chatting with Ham Sermons, who's uh, one of the directors of Feed Cork down there. Just something that Hamp said struck us. Uh, we wanted to talk more about it. It's having an immediate and direct impact on the children's lives. The school attendance has gone up. They're happier in school. There's food security on the weekend for them. And the parents are receiving support. So the workers are going above and beyond to help the parents cope with their challenges that they're facing. So I enjoy that because I was that kid. And every time I go up and do a delivery, every time I talk to a parent, every time a kid comes and gives me a hug, I'm moved. My heart is moved because I didn't have that. Why don't we talk a little bit more about that, Ham? Good morning to you. You were that kid. Hey, PJ. Good hey, morning. Hi, man. We've talked so much about the work of Feed Cork over the years and the incredible work mm-hmm. that you do. Tell me a little bit more about your own backstory, because that was fascinating. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Um, PJ, I grew up uh, in, a, in a rural southern town, um, and, uh, you know, like a lot of, like a lot of people... We had our challenges. My my parents. Um, you from what South Carolina um, or not? Yeah, no, no. I'm I'm originally from North Florida, okay. uh, Southern Georgia, North Florida. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Yeah. So we we uh, yeah, my father uh, got into uh, addiction very early in life, and uh, my mother married into um, addiction, and that had its it played itself out. Uh, in a lot of different ways. There was a lot of violence. There was a lot of abuse, um, neglect, uh, poverty. Uh, we we were in probably just abject poverty, uh, my family, for years. Um, the, my, my parents, um, you know, thankfully my mother got out of that situation when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Struck out on her own in the in the early seventies with four kids in tow. I was the youngest, and uh, she she did a fantastic job as a single mother, uh, making her own way. Uh, we didn't have much family support, and during during that time in the states, there wasn't a lot of government support for families. And where we were at and located, um, you know, there were there were very few supports for families in place. So. We struggled through, and, and uh, my mother made the best of it. And I have to say, she was fantastic. And that went on probably uh, probably three, a good three years. Mm-hmm. And um, she took a higher-paying role with a chemical company that was there uh, near where we lived. And through no fault of her own, she was injured on the workplace. And um, during that time, she actually she actually broke. Uh, her spine in a training accident and um, then after that our our lives kind of spiraled into uh, deeper poverty and my mother during that during that period of time doctors were were handing out opioids like uh, schedules you know in the early 80s and um, you got you got caught up in the in in the oxycodone thing did you no, this this was more Percocets and Darvocets and okay. every other set you can imagine. So she uh, she 
later became uh, addictive when that, that, that drug oh, hit the market a little bit later. But she, yeah, and, uh, you know, it just introduced a, a whole new struggle for us. So we lost our mother for years to addiction. And with that, all the vulnerabilities of, of growing up in a household where there was just uh, just chaos. There was a lot of, um, you know, people in and out, um, you know, and, and I'm sure there are people there that can relate to that growing up in that type of atmosphere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I was alluding to in that segment that we talked about. We didn't have those supports. There was no feed cork. Our family... Even our close family didn't have the resources to help us, the, yeah. the, the kind of help that we needed. And uh, it was so just when the So when the larder was bare, hemp, in your childhood home, it stayed bare? Say that again, TJ? When the, when the larder was bare, it stayed yeah. bare. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we, we, did, we did in those days that you would go to a local health clinic and you would get... Um, let's say free government subsidies, subsidies like food subsidies and things. We had food stamps and things like that. And uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a real time of struggle for us. Um, and so I, I alluded to that, just talking about just remembering Christmas as remembering this time of year, mm. showing up at, at events, you know, in tow with other family members, and being the being the kid that gets kind of a secondhand toy and being that person and going to school and the clothes and all of that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, so I, it resonates with me when I, when we go out mm. and I'm reminded and I do go out, I, I still maintain that it will go out, you know, usually about once a month onto the runs and, uh, just to stay connected with our clients. And, uh, every time I go out it, without fail, um, my heart is just stirred and I'm, I'm reminded of why, I do what I do and, and uh, where where I came from. And thank God, by the grace of God, um, you know, we we were, there was a huge life change for us when I turned 17. My mother converted to Christianity. It was, a, it was there was no church involved, no other person involved. She had a, it was nothing short of a miraculous encounter. She, she kicked uh, her demons uh, off, did she? She got rid of her demons? Well, I, I I don't think she did it. It was definitely divine intervention. Gotcha. But uh, she got she got clean. Now, yeah. yeah, so so she did. Uh God came into our lives and that set me on the path in my own life and that's why I'm a you know, I went into uh my training, I went into uh, Christian ministry and so I've been there ever since and so, you know, um and and that isn't is is a huge part of my motivation is to share that love and that encounter that we had with people as well. And remind so, us again, Hemp, how you came. I know you ministered and you were a pastor in the States. How did you come to exactly. be in Cork in the first place? So uh, I, I was uh, working for a, a Bible college there in the States. I met Nick Cassidy, the pastor of uh, Cork Church. Uh, there he would come over and give talks and, and share with students, and he was always a favorite there. We we had a, a good relationship. I left that position and took up pastoring, and uh, they had some unfortunate things happen here. One of the guys that was working here developed cancer and, and died uh, suddenly as a young man, and uh, another uh, individual that was from the States he moved back home because his father-in-law had a motorcycle accident. So 
I just rang Nick up out of the blue and said, you know what, if you ever need help, I'd consider coming over. And uh, lo and behold, it didn't take long. We were over. Uh, and, here you, and here you are. Here you are. Yeah, and here we are. Yeah. So, so you know when the child comes in, just to finish, when the, when the child comes in and they get the, the hamper or whatever they get for the Christmas, mm-hmm. you, you understand that smile. You know what's behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for my experience. It informs, uh, you know, it informs me and inspires me. And I know that, um, you know, you, you can make a difference in people's lives and just by doing simple things without uh, realizing. I think one of the two Norries in one of their podcasts, they were talking and, and uh, they, I remember one of them said, he wished that people saw what was happening and uh, he wished that someone would have stepped in. And yeah. that's what we're attempting to do, PJ. We Good just, we know there's things happening and we're, we're just, we're being that small force of good in the community that we can be. Good for you. Hamp, listen, uh, good, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody down there and thank you for what you do for the, the poor, poor of Cork. Hemp sermons of P- Feed Cork. Yeah. Every so often you, you come across people who just get it. And that's why he gets it. Because he was that kid. Thanks, Ab. Have a good Christmas to everyone down there. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local maze. Amazing value. Sure to make you smile this Christmas. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 yeah, we're looking to cover your Christmas meat bill and then some. 300 euro every day from O'Cruley Butchers. Over 60 years in business, a cork-run business with a rich heritage and quality meat and produce for many decades now from O'Cruley Butchers. So, every day we'll have a chef, right? You may or may not know the voice, but what we want you to give us is what is the chef or the cook making or baking? What are they making or baking? Now, this is, as I said earlier on, this is a very famous piece of, of radio comment, comedy um, from, from Gabo of old. But we want to know, what is he, what's he baking? Okay. Four large eggs, two cups of dried fruit, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of brown sugar, eight ounces of nuts, and the juice of one lemon, plus one bottle of whiskey. That's very important. What might he be baking? We'll say baking. All right. What might he be baking? Four large eggs, two cups of dried fruit, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of brown sugar, eight ounces of nuts, and the juice of one lemon, plus one bottle of whiskey. That's very important. All right. Uh, what is he baking? And get that and your name to us at 083 396 96 96. Now, <laughs> we'll be talking all week to uh, Corkonians abroad, uh, some who will be coming home, some who are home, some who can't get home. And if there's anyone you'd like us to chat to, or if you're overseas and won't be getting back and you'd like to mention the folks back home, then you can contact us through opinion at 96fm. Dot IE. Um, Mick, Mick Flynn, Mick, where, where are you actually living? You're, you're in the Alicante region, aren't you? Good morning. 
Good Me- morning, PJ from uh, Chile, Alicante. Chile. Uh, yeah, I'm just outside. <laughs> What's Chile now? What's Chile uh, now? Uh, it's oh, 17. 17. That's July. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Got, got the jacket on. <laughs> That's July in Ireland, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, there's, there's a chilly breeze, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's blue skies here at the moment, but but chilly. We take the 17 and blue sky any day, and you know that. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely. there a few years now, aren't you? Uh, we came out here four years ago. Just, uh, I tell you, literally, uh, we just, we were just living to pay bills in, in Cork, and, um, we got married in Malaga in uh, 2013, and we said, you know, no, we're we're getting out of Dodge now. We're just um, just surviving to pay bills, so um, we said it's time to up up the ante and um, start living a little. Mm. Did you sell up or what you do? We sold everything, sold to put put the dog up in eBay, and uh, <laughs> and I moved out, sold sold a lot. Mm. Uh, and I tell you the reason why we just said if we if we kept the house in Cork. You're always uh, looking at that kind of safety net and thinking, well, we can always go back, you know. And I said, no, if we come out here, that's it. We're, you know, we're going to make a go of it. Right. And what do you do out there? Are you working or retired? No, I'm retired. I was up in Collins Varrick's there for 33 years and uh, had my pension and uh, living living fairly comfortably on, on, on a, a pension. On the army you know, pension. The, 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 well, the money goes a lot further out here. You get a bigger yeah. bank for your pocket, as you know yourself, you're no stranger to it. Yeah. Down to Cabo Rider. Indeed, indeed. Now, you're not coming back for Christmas. One of the reasons is the value. You sent us a link, and I can't believe it. A dinner for a euro. That's right, yeah. Um, we actually went down there um, last month, because I, I saw that same um, advertisement. I said, this 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 can't be real. Um, it's, it's probably fit up and thrown into a dog ball. Because uh, <laughs> the, the uh, picture looks attractive. Enough. Where is it, by the way? It's down, it's down in Cabaret on the main strip. Okay. I, I think um, I was chatting to the owner. She's Dutch, and the guy uh, she's married to is from Finland. Uh, and I said, "How in the name of God can you know can you serve up um, you know it's a beef goulash and mashed potatoes for for a quid?" Yeah. Uh, and she said, basically, but the competition is so fierce down down in, in Cabaret that they just it kind of adopted the Ryanair policy of just getting bums on seats. And yeah. uh, there's a bit of a guilt um, issue as well that you know. If, if you have your dinner for a quid, you're kind of thinking, well, I'm going to have to support him with a pint or two or three pints. And yeah. uh, as often was the case, um, we'd <laughs> there'd be more than three pints. But yeah. uh, when, when, you're paying two, when you're paying two quid for a pint, I mean, if you go in with a gang of lads um, on a Wednesday afternoon, um, you, you've got your dinner for a quid and you're yeah. paying two quid for a pint. I mean, 20 quid, you're, you know, you're... You're yeah. fed and found and, and, and a good day out. And that's and that's a fine-looking feed, in fairness, that you sent the picture of. It looks lovely. It, uh, um, the ice cream it's a beautiful bar, yeah. Hot Mars. Sorry for cutting across you there. Go on, yeah. go on, you're right. Hot Mars bar sauce. I mean, come on. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Um, so you can have your main. Um, I think last week it was um, Swedish meatballs and um, f- chips. Uh, a quid, and you can have your dessert for a quid then. Um, trifle or ice cream and hot, hot, hot mara sauce. Um, it's it's and, a popular part and, of, and, it's a popular place with the Irish and very popular with Cork. Our own dear departed friend Jim Corgan was the one who put me onto it years ago and I went over there and fell in love with the place and, and many others have done. And a lot of Corkonians living over there full time. 
Well, they do, as you know. You said Paddy's point down there is like yeah. um, it's like li- it's like little monster. I mean, you, you, <laughs> uh, when you're sitting having your pint, all you can hear is, is Cork accents. It's true. Um, so it is. It's like it's like a little Cork enclave um, within Spain. Yeah, it is actually. Which, which, is, which is which, which is yeah, which is great um, because uh, as you know yourself, it's all word of mouth around here for for if you want an electrician or a plumber or you know you need to buy a car or whatever. Um, there's no better man than, than the Corkman to, to, to set you in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't ever t- have thought about coming home for the Christmas, would you? Uh, I, I tell I'm not because um, we're going to Benidorm for um, Christmas week, and we got a, we got a good old deal there in um, the Marino Hotel in, in Benidorm, which is um, it's a massive four star hotel. Go on, and they're doing. <laughs> it's Christmas, so I'm trying to be kind, PJ. Go on. You can uh, full board um, all your drinks uh, at your meal free for four, four day, four, five days, four nights. Um, entertainment changes on the hour, and then you've got a Christmas Day um, seven course banquet with a Michael Bublé tribute, and that's working out at three twenty three uh, ahead. Ahead. For four nights, that's, yeah, that's all four inclusive, nights, uh, all inclusive, and all your entertainment and and your Christmas banquet, um, and with, with, with all your with, with your meals in the evening, you get a bottle of wine per person. Good Lord! <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't come uh, home either, fella. No. <laughs> <laughs> they'd, they'd have to beat me onto the plane. Come here, Benny Darn. Though I, I, I remember visiting it. Um, when we were on holidays over in that area a few years ago and drive like it's an open air lunatic asylum well, well, it, it, if you want to go down and have a great time uh, it's it's brilliant and we've been down there numerous times we've never seen an ounce of trouble um, yeah. certain parts of it um, if you go to certain parts you, you know at, at late at night when, when you know stags are on and they're, they're yeah. out all day yeah. um, you'll see a bit of a, a pushing and shoving but um We've never seen any serious trouble, and the, and the beauty is like you can go down and get your breakfast at, at eight o'clock in the morning and have a pint with your breakfast if if that's your if that's your your, that's your wish. Yeah, and uh, the beach is gorgeous I, I, as well. Would you get a swim? Beaches, Christ- yeah. Would you get a swim Christmas day? Uh, I dipped the toe in. I know we were down last year, and I threw the toe in, and uh, I, I got over fairly hefty. Like, gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah. What what yeah. temperature What's of the, water would you have now Christmas day? Uh, a Christmas. If the sun is shining um, and you, you hit there about 12 o'clock because it's had a bit of a chance to, to heat up in the shallows, it'd be lovely like a 12, 11 or 12 in the water. But um, early in the morning or, uh, you know, in the afternoon, once once 3 o'clock comes, the heat goes out of the sun and um, I wouldn't, no, wouldn't be, not after free to drink anyway, I mean. Well, certainly not advising that, no. But I like what, no. I'm, what I'm getting at is like the only time, I mean, we all love a swim in Fountain Sound, but like, not not Christmas Day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I would you chat? Well, people do it fanatically. I mean, specifically go out to, uh, down to Benidorm for Christmas um, for the Christmas swim. Um, you see, a load of, you see the load of lunatics in the water there Christmas morning, and um, you know, uh, <laughs> we just we just like to sit at the bar and uh, you know just watch them all. Uh, Good for you, but you wouldn't see anybody. You wouldn't see anybody running out like you know you would in fountains with, with you know with, with the bitter cold, but. And you know, um, the, I would, no, I wouldn't be. the bit we keep coming back to make is you're you're able to you're able to live like that on an army pension. 
which says yeah, it. Yeah, you certainly can. Yeah, and and quite comfortably. And the the cost of living here is just no. It's, it's creeping. It's creep. It's creeping up. Um, yeah, but absolutely no way like um like like back in Cork. I mean, uh, we're we're living there now. Our local guy across the road, he's got three bars, and uh, he's got a happy hour on every day. A happy hour, which is which is a bit ironic because it lasts for about six hours. Well, they, they, they just uh, banned a, them here, you know that. They banned happy hours here. Um, no, they, they seem to love it here, and it actually does more, does more and more happy hours. Uh, 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 we're not allowed <laughs> happy hours all over. We're not allowed happy hours. I mean, no. uh, a euro bottle, and and you don't see anybody falling around the street no, after after it. I mean, you know. Mm. Um, People are, you know, just enjoying themselves. I think it's different when you're sitting outside as well, out in the terrace and the sun, and you know, you, you know, you're not speed drinking. It's just having a chat Absolutely. and enjoying yourself. Chewing the fat, watching the world go by. Listen, Mick, have a lovely Christmas out there, uh, Benny Durham. <laughs> I was only watching a, a couple of episodes of, a, of the of the television show the other night, myself and the Queen Bee. We love the television show. <laughs> oh, just just mad, just mad. And, uh, yeah, I uh, see they may be they may be about to bring it back. Actually, this top will bring it back. That's right. I see that. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're looking to, to reintroduce it. Uh, but that Benidorm you see on on um, Sky, arrogant um, loving Brits and Benidorm and uh, Brits abroad and Benidorm. That's really sensationalising it because it you, you don't see any of that when you're. Uh, we've been down there hunting times and you never see any of it um, uh, as bad as that. No. I mean, they pick the they pick the, the worst parts to go into and then yeah. you know. Yeah, if, you look, if you look for if you look for it, it's there and it's very sensational. You're you're dead right, Mick. Thank you very much, Mick Flynn. Corkman living out there in the Alicante region, he going to Benidorm for Christmas. For get that one out in four nights, all inclusive, four star hotel. I know the hotel he's talking about. Four star hotel, everything, entertainment, food, blinky poos, the whole lot. Christmas dinner, bonanza, three hundred and twenty quid each for the two of them, and they can afford that on a on an army pension, huh? Quickly, Jim. Now, Jim, I didn't see this particular story in the paper, but I'm going to go and take a look at it uh, now that you pointed out to me. The government has lashed out 11 million euro on a house. Morning. Yeah. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Very yeah, good. I saw. I saw it yesterday. I was surprised. The government has lashed out 11 million euros on a nine-bedroom house in America for the Irish ambassador. That's just his house. Yeah. That's not his place of work now. So, you know, the government has confirmed that. that I'm looking at a picture. It, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of it here, actually, in the Business Post. Yeah, and it has it's a mansion, two dining rooms, breakfast room. Why you want a different room for your breakfast? I don't know. Library, two know. sitting rooms because one wouldn't be enough. Family room, swimming pool, cinema, wine cellar, and separate living quarters for the staff. If you don't mind. If you wouldn't mind, yeah. This is uh, what got me was why I had to ring. This is at a time when I'm listening to EDL, penny dinners looking for help. We have 12, 13,000 Irish, four living in a bedroom, one bedroom for Christmas, kids, you know? Yeah. And this really got to me. Uh, another example, I'm down in Middleton. Uh, Middleton got flooded. I think the government... They said they were going to give 10 million. I don't believe they did. They spent 11 million on a mansion. You yeah. know, it just doesn't make sense. Like I'm looking you know? at it. The, the name of the place is in the, in the business post. Um, and it is 
The new the residence will be it'll be the new residence for Geraldine Byrne Nason, who is the Irish ambassador. And look, the best of best of luck to her. This is not about her. This is a place at two thousand two 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 one thirtieth Street in right. Washington DC, the heart of Embassy Row. And they were renting it. They were renting it. Yeah. But it's yeah. they've now bought it and paid now bought. twelve million dollars. Yeah. For it. Yeah, eleven million euros, twelve million dollars. Yeah. yeah, you know. Now look, I, I, the I'm Irish just... ambassador to the U.S. Let's face it, the Irish ambassador to the U.S. Jim, like, it's it's a prestigious post. You can't necessarily put someone like that into sort of a two up, two down either, can you? Well, whatever you post her into, you wouldn't post her into eleven million euros anyway. And I mean to say, if a two up, two down would suit kids and families here, I don't know why a three up, three down wouldn't suit her. Fair point. And we were only talking before 11 to the director of Feed Cork and the people queuing in to get a bit of grub a and bit something of grub. for the kids, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was listening to that story about uh, um, the young lad never had a, a big bike, you know? They are penny dinners. When you hear stories like that, yeah. they're unbelievable when you see 11 million going elsewhere, you know? And and it's not in this country. That's the killing part about it. No, it's out Kevin, in America. Kevin, Kevin is making a point here, Jim, which deserves to be raised. He said, lads, look, this will be a working place used by the IDA to generate business for Ireland. It will also need to be secure and property in Washington, D.C. isn't cheap. Bit of perspective needed, I think. What Kevin is saying, look, this is actually going to be an Irish government office in Washington, D.C., a permanently owned Irish government office where business will be done, probably business bringing millions in investment. That's a fair point. Yeah, well, where will the office be? Because what we're reading about is dining rooms and bedrooms and living rooms. Presumably you could convert one or two of them into offices and... Yeah. You know. No, I, I do think they will have their own office because one or two little offices wouldn't do for that yeah. because there'd be a lot of staff. Do, but do, do you not be. take take Kevin's point though, Jim? I take his point, yeah. I take, a, lot of, a lot of business will be generated. Yeah. But um, look, my point is to spend 11 million euros and things going on at the moment. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my point. And, you know, we see what's going on here. All right. You know. Good good call, Jim. Thank you for making it. I'm I'm looking at a picture of the new residence in front of me. It's, It's a gaff I wouldn't mind myself. With a pool and loads of dining rooms and a different breakfast room. Why you need a different room for your breakfast? I don't know, but you know yourself. You know yourself. It's it's a very prestigious looking gaff. It's 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 actually it's a, a palace of a place, and it's got just to go through it again. It's got um, I'm looking at more pictures of the bedrooms now and all that. It's a fine, it's a fine, fine place. You know, it's a fine gaff, but it's got it's got two dining rooms, library, two sitting rooms, family rooms, swimming swimming pool, cinema wine cellar and separate living quarters for household staff, which you can't see from the front of the picture, but it's, it's a fine-looking gaff. Kevin's point, yes, 11 million, 12 million 
dollars, eleven million euro. It's a lot of money to be spending. It is. It is. Let's let's and Jim's right. It's a lot of money to be spending. But on the other hand, Sarah, for example, says eleven million. That's that's just scandalous. But lads, Kevin makes the point. A lot of work, a lot of business will be conducted in that residence. It'll be a working office for the Irish ambassador and it will be where a lot of business, IDA business, will be done in the States. And spending the money, this is Kevin's argument, not mine, spending the money of, say, 11 million euros, spending that money, you'll generate an awful lot more than 11 million in terms of investment for Ireland. So it's kind of an investment in the future. Sarah says it's scandalous. Owen then says 11 million on a house will still get you something that you can sell after. Yet we throw another 95 million into greyhound racing and horse racing. And no one bats an eyelid when we continue to fund both those sources of animal abuse, which is another take. But there's the thing. The Irish government has spent 11 million euro on a residence for Geraldine Byrne-Nason, the Irish ambassador to the US. This was a story in the Business Post at the weekend. And the place is called 2221 30th Street in Washington, D.C. They've been renting it for a couple of years. Now they've gone and bought it for $11 million. And as Jim was making the point, Feed Cork is struggling to feed people. Penny Dinners struggling to feed people. You've got families living in hotel rooms. And it doesn't look right. There's a lot of there's a lot of different things to unpack in that particular topic of conversation. Happy to take them from you at 0818-969696. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas, Christmas. with your local maze, making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. Listen to your favourite shows on the go. Download the Cork's 96FM app. Join the conversation. Call us now. 0818969696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. When you're talking about that, that ambassador's residence in Washington, D.C., Michael O'Leary could buy 10 of them with, with his bonus. It's bonus because of the way Ryanair is going. The, the share price of Ryanair has been going up now and has maintained a particular high for 28 consecutive days. And under Michael O'Leary's terms and conditions of work, no wonder he's got a big smiley head in him on the paper this morning. His bonus, just his bonus now, never mind his wages, his bonus for keeping the share price up there. His um, it's a hundred million euro. That's his bonus, like. So he could afford ten ambassadors' residences. He takes stupid money out of Ryanair. He makes incredible money out of Ryanair. But then again, look what Ryanair did for the for the industry. We can get around so quickly now to the four corners of Europe with Ryanair, and they did cut the price of flying, even if it has gone back up again. Couple of more things on oh, taxis. This thing about my card machine isn't working. Um, Paul, who is a taxi driver, one of a number who rang us this morning, and we appreciate that, lads. Nice to get your perspective of it rather than just have our own views on it, not from the fellow in the driver's seat, so to speak. Paul was saying that if your card machine isn't working in the ta- in, in the taxi, you're not supposed to be working. 
you're not supposed to be driving with a, with a non-functioning card machine. And my son got a cab to be told the card machine wasn't working when they arrived at the house. The cab driver then became very nasty and refused to let my son out to get cash. He proceeded to drive off with him in the car and left him on the other side of the city at three in the morning. Well, that That's crazy. And you don't see where that happened, but I would be ringing the guards with the roof number of that taxi, if I were you, and making a complaint. Daffodils in December. We've seen them before. I saw them four or five years ago now. Before, well, yeah, before COVID, I would have seen them. Daffodils in December. Sinead says, just drove back from Inch in East Cork this morning. Saw daffodils in somebody's garden. And Dennis says, my rose bushes are in bloom, PJ. I won't have any flowers in the summer. Yeah, rose bushes in bloom. And daffodils coming up. Ah, look. It is what it is, but we know what it is. It's the change in our climate. Now, Gavin Higgins. Gavin is... You're from Yorkshire, and you're a retired prison officer, but you're in Crosshaven at the moment. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Uh, Yes, uh, originally I was a prison officer over there in uh, Doncaster. My parent, uh, my Irish parent, my father... uh, left here when he was 12 at Crosshaven and went over there with my uh, grandparents for uh, for work because there was work over there in the pits and uh, and things like that, whereas there wasn't a lot here in Crosshaven. I mean, now it's like Marbella, but uh, it wasn't then. It was just a little fishing village. And uh, so I came here. We didn't go on holiday to Spain or Benidorm. We, we, we came here. So uh, I, I used to go and get an ice cream from Power's shop and it's still over there. Yeah. She's still there. 50 years later. Uh, and the Merrys were here, but that was about it, really. So that's so, when you, uh, you... So after you moved over to the UK, you used to come to Crosshaven on your holidays? Yes, yes, from being five-year-old. And and uh, there are people born here in Crosshaven that don't remember the Majorca. Well, I do, because I went there... The first disco I ever went to at 14, to the Majorca, uh, which, uh, if you remember, uh, was quite a dangerous place. You wouldn't be able, health and safety these days, be allowed an open fire in two port cabins. No, you would not. <laughs> no, you would Yeah, I remember the Majorca. And there was no way anyone was ever going to call it the Majorca. It was the Majorca. No. That's Majorca, right. yes, definitely, yeah. <laughs> so how did you come to have the boat then? Well, because, uh, well, a short, sad story. Uh, my brother, di- my mother died first. Uh, she got our... Uh, amyloidosis was actually an Irish genetic thing but uh, she was from Yorkshire Uh, my brother then got a brain tumour and died Uh, and then uh, then I got cancer so I I finished I got finished in the prison service uh, and I was basically left over there with no family whatsoever really and all my family is over here so uh, I was coming here uh, just to you know light in the day, light in the summers and come over mm. and uh, when I saw the boat in the boatyard uh, and uh, funnily enough you can leave your money uh, in your will to uh, the Isle of an Eye and they'll produce a boat or they'll use the money uh, to uh, to keep the boats going. So it was, a, it was a, a Yorkshireman called John Wainwright who left his money in his will uh, so they built this ship the Lily Wainwright uh, she's an Oakley. She was the first self-writing uh, lifeboat invented. 
And she didn't have a cab back in them days, and she'd take two tons of water on and pump from one side to the other and do a 360, which was a bit was a bit jaunty, as you said to the uh, hold your breath, lads, we're going over. <laughs> so you're so, living uh, on a on a you're living on a on a decommissioned lifeboat, yes. and yes. you're docked. You're just docking. Where and do you live on it all the time? Do you go around on it all the time? Yeah. yeah. Now, now I live on it. Uh, this year I gave up the flat in New Yorkshire, and I now live here permanently. Yeah. So this is my first Christmas uh, in uh, Cork in Crosshaven. And oh, I so you you've moved back fully full time now to Crosshaven, yeah? Yeah. Rich, returning Irish, as I call it, even though they do refer to me as a blowing, uh, but I think that's just to wind me up. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and they're telling me now because I've, I've, I haven't seen a picture, but the, you've been lit yeah. up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, well, I'm down at Drake's. My morning's down at Drake's. I'm actually at Crosshaven at the moment on Mocker's morning. Thank God, blessing me, he let me use it, and I just thought I'd show. Crosshaven a bit closer opposite the Drake the pub I drinking uh, but yeah so I, I put all the lights on down there so people coming home from work uh, as they come past Drake's pool uh, get to see the boat and they got so many comments on the uh, Crosshaven notice board over 250 likes and uh, people saying that they love the, the lights on the boat how do you power it? Uh, well I've got two or three different ways of powering over the years uh, I've worked out a system. I've got a two kilowatt generator, which is silent running. That'll run most things, but it won't uh, boil a kettle. So I've got an eight kilowatt generator on the back aft. You have to have the right terminology, otherwise my cousins will be telling me off. Uh, so I've got an eight kilowatt generator on the back, but this year I fitted two solar panels and a wind turbine uh, and lithium batteries, the like, the, the like of what you have in Teslas. Uh, because you can charge them more times than yeah. a lead-acid battery. So uh, majority of the time, I use that, really. I use the battery system. And uh, down here, I'm getting more on the wind turbine than I do on Drake's, because it's a bit sheltered down there. Yeah. It's so cool. What do you do for, for Christmas Day, then? Where do you have your, your, your grub? I'm going up to uh, uh, to one of the cousins, because uh, Padder uh, was my uncle. Uh, obviously... Back in the day, uh, here in uh, Catholics in, in Ireland, there was no TV. So we had eight children, and they've all had children, and they've all had children, so uh, we pretty much own Crosshaven, so I'm going to one of the cousins. <laughs> uh, and uh, w one of the, the oldest one, uh, Mad Mick, who I must mention, they call him. I think they call all Mick's Mad, don't they? <laughs> but uh, he, is, he is the self-appointed king of Crosshaven, uh, uh, a fisherman, and uh, most of the other ones are fishermen as well, or involved in the uh, in boats. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're 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 so you've settled home rather. You've come back home. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've got a friend. Uh, I've got a friend in the in the pub there. I call him the Irishman with the English name. He's Pete Smith. And I'm the Englishman with the Irish name, Gavin Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> I, must I, come down, I must come down and find this boat and, and get yeah. you to show me around it, because it sounds like so much fun. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, And uh, I, I took about eight people. When Ed Sheeran came, was that last year or year before? Yeah. I took about eight people up to Cork uh, in the boat, and we moored up. You can moor up in the centre of Cork for 44 euros, uh, 
and you, you can imagine the hotel going to see Ed Sheeran would have cost a fortune, whereas you're right in the centre there, and then we had a bit of a drink on the way, and uh, so yeah, so it's, she's she's well known in Cork mm. uh, because she's the last Oakley on the water. There isn't any more. They're all got destroyed. She was 30 years, uh, 28 years in Landudno as their uh, lifeboat, and then. Uh, she was moved over to Kilmore Quay in Wexford for two years, and then they retired all this class, and they came up with a new one with a cab uh, called a Rother. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, well, we must go and see it, Gavin. Oh, paid for, paid for by a Yorkshireman, and now owned by a Yorkshireman. But actually, I nicked this from my friend Tom uh, Corkshire. We like to call ourselves <laughs> Corkshire. There's quite a few. Now you're talking. There's quite a few Cork. Uh, Yorkshire people here from Yorkshire. Yorkshire's very, very much like Ireland. We've got sheep, cows, stone walls, uh, and crap weather. Do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> and beautiful scenery as well. The Yorkshire Dales. Yes, exactly. Yeah. See, all right, Gavin. Listen, good talking to you. Have a have a good Christmas. Uh, he's there on board the Lily. Um, so that's the thing that's lit up like a Christmas tree on your way down there by Drake's Pool. That is his boat and he is living on it, uh, Gavin Higgins. We are looking to talk to more people who are Corkonians abroad, or indeed a returned Corkonian who did most of his living and working and growing up in Yorkshire. He's back now, live at Corkshire. Don't you just love that? Thanks, Gavin. If there is anybody away that you'd like us to talk to, let us know where they are and we'll set the whole thing up. Or if you're listening to us overseas and you'd like to have a chat with us on Thursday or Friday, then we'd be delighted to have you. Opinion at 96fm.ie is where you can send all of that information. Rebecca was on. Whoever you are, sir, take a bow, or better still, pick up the phone and tell us why you do this kind of lovely thing. Rebecca says, the most random and nice thing just happened to me in Dunn's in Douglas Court. I was packing my shopping, and the guy who was ahead of me waited until I'd finished packing, then insisted on paying for my shopping for no reason than as a Christmas gesture. Didn't catch his name, but he was either American or Canadian by his accent. He's on his own. Little gestures like that can make somebody's Christmas. Whoever you were, thank you. And so say all of us. Whoever you are that did that lovely thing in Dunn's in Douglas Court this morning, Thank you. And if you'd like to talk to me, oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six, because I'd like to talk to you. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. What percentage of you are just like me? You've absolutely no shopping done yet. We'll find out today and all your favourite tunes get you through the afternoon from 12 on Cork's 96FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Right, last chance to play this audio for you so you can record cover your Christmas meat bill. We have a voucher every day this week with a Cruelly Butchers uh, for €300. Euro. That'd sort out turkey, ham and spiced beef for you quick enough. They're 60 years in business, Cork-run business with a rich heritage, our friends at O'Cruelly Butchers. What are the ingredients here? The, the, so this is Gabo, Gabo, and reading out a load of ingredients. What are they, the ingredients for? Your last chance. Four large eggs, two cups of dried fruit, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, one cup of brown sugar, eight ounces of nuts, and the juice of one lemon, plus one bottle of whiskey. That's very important.
what is that the recipe for? 083 96 96 with your name. All right, join us studio by Lizzie, who is from St. Angela's, and Andrew, who's from Prez. And of course, they're executive members and are collecting for the most wonderful charity, Share. Morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Thank you. I was in, I was in town yesterday and, and they were... When did you start with the, the collection? We started... Yes, uh, yesterday was our first day now. We started at... No, sorry, Saturday was our first day. We started at 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Right. Up until 6 o'clock. Right. And then yesterday we were half 12 till 6 o'clock again out on the street for the full, the full shift. We, yeah. we, us two were there. Um, we try to keep as many collectors on the street as possible at a time just so everyone has a chance. Um, we have tap boxes and collection boxes on the street, so... Yeah. I saw that actually, yeah. the, tap, the tapping boxes yesterday, yeah. Lizzie, did your first year involved? Yeah, this is my first year involved in Share. Um, last year, our fourth years didn't collect. I know Prez fourth years are extremely involved in Share, um, but this is my first year ever being a part of the committee, and it's been amazing. How did you get involved? Um, in my school, um, our deputy principal came down to our assembly all the fifth years, and she introduced us to the idea of Share. And we were tasked to write a letter um, to our principal on why we think we'd be suited for share and what we think we could get out of share. Mm. So it's, you're, you're hard at it now, Andrew, right through until Christmas Eve. Yes. And it, there's, a, there's a 24-hour fast as well, isn't there? There is. We have fasters on the street every day. Um, we have three main fasters. We call them our head fasters. They go around with fast jackets and signs. They fast what our recommendation to them was from dinner to dinner. So they don't eat for the day. They still drink water, but they don't eat at all for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they try and run that. To be fair, we've had, this is our, our ninth faster now today. We have nine done. Um, the last six did unbelievably well. We were so proud of them. They managed to go the whole day without mm-hmm. breaking the fast, which was an unbelievable record for them. And they should be well proud of themselves. And we have, we're having 27 fasters on the street this year and more behind the scenes as well, but 27 head fasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all doing the 24 hour so they don't eat. It's, it's, it is quite tough for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they do start to fade away for a bit, so we have to keep an eye on them. So we keep them very close to our cabin. Uh, our yeah. cabin is just outside Gentleman's Quarters on Patrick yeah. Street. Yeah. So we try to keep our fasters around Upper Lane, and they have fasting for the elderly signs. And it is a really good idea, because Cher was built on students from Prez Fasting in 1970 right. with Brother Jerome. Right. So we want to carry on that tradition as best we can. Yeah. So we're trying to do that this year and for another 54 years if we can. And Cher does incredible work around the place and you have a whole list of achievements over the years, a whole list of places that have been built. Just go through again, Lizzie, the places that Cher have established since Brother Jerome got that idea all those years ago. Yeah, um, since then we have, at the moment, we have seven complexes all around Cork. And on a Wednesday we visit these complexes. They're full of people that need assisted living, older people. So there ranges from around 10 to 15 people in each complex. And they're often, they're either buildings like in Mount St. Joseph's or like in Artford. There's like a little estate with lots of houses Mm -hmm. and then they have community rooms. So in my complex in Artford, we go down and we visit them every Wednesday and we have a great time. We have a chat, we connect with, um, the people in the complex mm. and we make connections with them. Over the years, Andrew, I've talked to Cher volunteers and they said that like their time with Cher and then you go off and you move out you finish school and whatever, you, you stay friends you with, do. The, with, with certain of the old people and you go back to visit them. It, you do, yeah. it's, Has this work changed your perception of, of our elderly people? It has because like 
I myself, I wouldn't know many elderly people in my community. I would know my grandparents, obviously. Yeah. But I wouldn't have ever thought that I'd need to be helping other elderly people. But now with Share, it's kind of prevalent that we do need to help as, as much people as we can in our community. Mm-hmm. And that's our main message we're trying to drive this year, is that if anyone does happen to see us on the streets of Cork and happens to donate if they could, we're trying to drive our message of of really helping an elderly person this Christmas. That could be giving up your seat on the bus. It could be having a cup of tea or just having a chat. The chat really helps. Yeah. Um, I myself am up in Mount St. Joseph's every Wednesday. And w- one of the days recently when we left, uh, one of our residents, Anne, she said to us, it puts a smile on my face every week when you come. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made me realise how worthwhile Cher is. Well, we already knew before, but it kind of made it kind of prevalent how, how, how hard our work mm-hmm. goes to them and how much it means to them. And she said, like, we, it was a really rainy, rainy day when she said that. And she said, even in the rain, wind and snow, the share students will always come up to visit That's us. That's true. That's true. And it, it is always this this week. Lizzie, it's the only fundraiser, isn't it, that share do all year round, is you pile onto the streets at Christmas time. And Cork people, it's, it's very much, it's Christmas when that crib goes up, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. We've had, over the last three days even, I've been out collecting as well as organising things in cabin. And people that come up are always lovely. They always drive home the fact that it doesn't feel like Christmas in Cork unless you got a share sticker or unless you walk past the crib. Everybody is really appreciated of the work that we do because I think the fact that it is a Cork-run charity really means a lot to people. Mm-hmm. The money doesn't leave Cork. It goes to people in Cork that are in need. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think everyone really appreciates that. And everyone in Cork has been so lovely. The people that we meet on the street, are they're great. They're always ready to tell us stories. Of even I've had a woman that came up and told me about her grandparents that were in chair for a bit and how that they really enjoyed it and they enjoyed the students being there. Mm. Well, it's fantastic the work that you're doing and everyone else around you has done. Um, every year, oh, I, I've been here too long now, and every year we have the share, the share gang in, and every year you do enormous work. And the seven different complexes around that—that's so much achievement, and that's so much achievement. Yeah, it it is really brilliant when when you think of share. Sometimes you just think Christmas, but share yeah. is a is a year thing. Like we start our visitations in September, and we go the whole way up to May, and then during the summer. People, the other people in share kind of go around visiting, and then again next year the students will the students from the current fourth years and fifth years will be going around again. So um, it is monumental what we do. Mm-hmm. And when you think about share, you might just think like our headquarters are on Shear Street, Brother Jerome Kelly Daycare Centre. Yeah. But there's seven complexes all around Cork City. There's Artford, Mount Saint Joseph's, Gugan Barra. There's Knockfora, Cluckon Barra, and I'm, am I missing one? Artford. Effort. Yeah, yeah um, but like the ones we Skellig as well. Yeah. Um, like when I organise and Lizzie and my two vice chairman Darren Keen, we organise students to go up and do those visitations there every week. And every week without fail, if there's a match, if there's homework, it doesn't matter to us. We go up there, yeah, and we help as as best we can. Like in up in Mount St. Joseph's, we play card games normally, and they taught us how to play 45. We taught them how to play Uno, <laughs> <laughs> which was brilliant. <laughs> we weren't very good at the old 45, but they were brilliant at Uno. <laughs> Wipe the floor they with us every they week. Learn, they learn fast. Wipe the floor every week. They learn fast. Now, listen, I knew, I knew a woman who was still cheating at 96 years of age. So there's. <laughs> listen, there's 2,000 of you out there from 22 schools. Uh, Lizzie and Andrew, thank you for coming in, and the very best of luck to the boys and girls of Share right up to 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve. It is a charity 
that is so loved by the people of Cork. It is Christmas now. Share in studio. It's Christmas week. Go on, go out there, make loads of money for those wonderful people that you support. Lizzie and and, and, and Andrew from Share, thank you so much for coming in, guys. And happy Christmas to you and all of your families. Now, can I go quickly to the phone? I can. Where will I go? Go to line one. All right. Colette, hello there. Yes, I'm still here. Good. So what was Gabe, what was Gabe O'Bacon? He was baking a Christmas cake. Grand. Have you got the Christmas meat organised? Um, I have nothing organised. If I was going to be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I'm doing this year. I'm very unorganised. I've no, I've nothing got. I think it's because it's after a weekend, and we still think it's ages away. You know what I mean? That's what I only it is. said that this morning. Yeah, that there's actually like there's no more weekends, and no. I'm like, oh god. We have well, we we have a voucher for you. We have a voucher for you for O'Croolies. For three hundred, so that so that'll much. sort that'll sort the meat out. All right, one hundred percent. Happy Christmas, everyone. That's Clay Connolly in, in Douglas, and that's it. We're gone way over time. Program edited by Imre Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Give generously to share over the next week, and we'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Corks ninety six FM. Happy holidays with your local mace. Savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.